tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today. 1800-938-007. Our free phone number won't cost you to make a call. Emma is looking after the programme today. Coming up on the show, we'll be discussing tinnitus. Huge reaction to the mention of tinnitus on the programme yesterday. So we'll chat about that uh, kicking off in just a little while. Should smartphones be banned in Tipperary's primary schools? We'll hear from some of our listeners where that's concerned as well. I'll be chatting to my old friend Tommy Fleming live from Australia this morning and our horticulturalist Alton Nesbeth will be with us so if you have a gardening query will you log it with us please as soon as you can on 083 311 for your text and your WhatsApp don't forget you can email tip today at tipfm.com we're always glad to hear from you whatever way you might want to uh, make contact with us uh, listen out for your chance to play match three as well in association with our friends at Stakelham's Home and Hardware and Stakelham's Expert Electrical some great prizes on offer there and I'll uh, tell you about that in just a while. Let's have a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today to the Irish Daily Mail. First of all, their main story, the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris wants to introduce static speed cameras across the country's road network to address the soaring numbers of road deaths. Now, communities have been devastated and Pat was telling you about this during news there as well. Uh, 165 road fatalities so far this year. A figure that the Taoiseach describes as a matter of enormous concern and the Garda Commissioner called yesterday for enhanced speed trap infrastructure uh, including the introduction of static cameras and uh, the wider use of average speed cameras as well. And and that's fine and it might be helpful indeed but I presume that would be applying to the um, like to the carriageways and to the motorways and all of that where most of these accidents are happening on, on back roads and the like. The Irish Times and they're leading with the story that uh, new laws enabling the state's democratic watchdog to regulate political advertising and combat misinformation during elections have not been uh, brought into operation following concerns raised by the European Commission and indeed objections, as you can imagine, by social media uh, giants as well. And also there's an interesting story in the Irish Times today that Tourism Ireland says that the chase for growth in visitors from far-flung markets like Asia needs to be weighed against damage to the environment and the ability of the country to cope. Alice uh, Manser, uh, the organisation's new uh, CEO, says important decisions are being made about how to target new business in the future from countries such as China and Japan. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? By the way, the front of the Times is dominated by a photograph of a 13-year-old girl being taken alive by civil defence teams from the rubble of a building as the Israeli attacks continue on the what is now the 32nd day of the conflict in, in Gaza. But the look of fear and the look of misery on the little girl's face, I mean, is really, really heartbreaking. The Irish Examiner, and again, it's making reference to what's... Uh, happening in Gaza, but seemingly the Israeli ambassador to Ireland has accused the government 
of not being politically neutral when it comes to uh, the Israel-Hamas uh, conflict and said people in Ireland are afraid to speak publicly in support of Israel. And also, of course, that story that Pat referenced as well uh, on the front of the examiner today, Irish uh, beef exports to China have been halted following the detection of a case of atypical BSE. Uh, the Irish Independent, and again it's uh, about uh, Israel, Israel has said its forces are operating deep in Gaza City in their battle to wipe out Hamas and that its most senior leader was isolated in his Gaza uh, bunker as soldiers encircled the city. Also, the uh, Independent is dominated by a picture of Katrina Carey, who failed to make repayments on a mortgage owed on a house at uh, Rochford Manor in uh, County Leash for a number of years, with the level of arrears now more than €370,000. Uh, and High Court proceedings have now been issued against the former Ireland Hockey International. So that's a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. Do you want to make comment on any of that? And if you do, again, it's 83 Now, we've been discussing tinnitus on the programme, and uh, Ali and I yesterday were sharing our are uh, problems with uh, tinnitus and it's when you experience ringing or other noises in one or both of your ears and the noise you hear when you have tinnitus isn't caused by an external sound and other people usually can't hear it but tinnitus is a very common problem. It affects seemingly about 15% to 20% of people and is especially common in older Adults. Now, we've had a huge reaction from our listeners on this. Many people in touch with us with their experiences. Geraldine joins me, first of all. Good morning to you, Geraldine. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Geraldine. But more important, how are you? Uh, t- tell me about your experience of tinnitus, Geraldine. Well, I never experienced anything until a year ago when I got COVID. Yeah. And during COVID, I had a problem. It was all uh, nasal, ear, all that. So that's... I passed off COVID, it was all okay. And then I had this buzzing and ringing and uh, some days it's like I've been in the swimming pool with my head 24-7. I've often gone to the door to see who's rang the doorbell and there's nobody there. So it's it's very loud at times. It can be very loud, yes, it can. Now, I don't have it 24-7, but I could have it three or four days in a row. Um, I've had drops. I've had all sorts of things. I haven't got to see anybody in ENT, but I've gone down the alternative route and I go to osteopath and acupuncture, and that's a wonderful help. And tell me how that's working out for you. Do you go when you have the no, noise? I, I, well, I, well, yes, yes. I started going when I had it, and then um, maybe every fortnight. Now I go about every five weeks like a top-up. But in between that time, I will have episodes of it, yes, I certainly will. And tell me, Geraldine, does it affect your sleep, for example? Um, yeah, but, and if I got, well, sometimes if I get up quickly off the chair, it's almost like vertigo, and then I'll have this piercing ring in my ear. Yes, yes. And you did not have any of these symptoms nothing. until you got COVID? Absolutely nothing until I got COVID. I had my booster eight days before been diagnosed with COVID. I just felt awful. I put it down to, uh, you know, after the booster and I kind of got on with it. And then um, eight, the eighth day, I was absolutely, totally unwell, very high fever and all this funny 
thing in my head and from then on in I've had it, which is almost a year next month. So let me just understand you correctly. You got your booster. So yes. did, did the yes. ringing start before you developed COVID then? Um, no. No, okay. No. After the booster, eight days, I tested positive. Okay. Mm. And it was so no more boosters for me. No more boosters for you. So, no. but it was at the stage of getting COVID and and yes. having COVID yes. that that these That's symptoms what triggered developed. It. I never had it before. Incredible. Never. And vertigo as well. So your your yeah. balance is affected from. Oh time yeah, to time. If, if you saw me on on a good day, as I call it, with it, you think I was drunk. I've gone around the house here holding on to things. I another thing. If there's somebody talking and I have the radio on or the washing machine is on, I can't process one thing, you know? I just have this awful noise in my head and ringing and, yeah, just something that doesn't sound right. Incredible. And is it in both ears, Geraldine? Uh, Mostly my left ear. Yeah, same as that, yeah. Yeah, mostly my left ear. The right ear is not too bad, but definitely the left ear. But I've had to get out of bed at night. Um, I feel like if there's liquid um, coming out of my ear, but there's nothing coming out of my ear. And then when I get up and I have the, I get a earbud and I thought it, there's nothing there, the ringing will start. That's incredible. You've been to the GP, I guess. Yes, Charlie. I have been to the GP. And, and what, what is the doc saying to you? Uh, fluid in my ear. Right. Mm. And Sold in my ear. And, and and what is the remedy for that? Well, I got a nasal drop that works for the ear. It's a steroid drop. It's a quick fix. Um, it may take it away. It may not. But it it it, it always comes back. Like right. it's never gone and left me. Right. And did you? And it's, I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. Did Did you tell me it affects your hearing at times? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah, because I can't process a noise I hear lots of noise and I, I don't know which one I want to address if that makes sense yeah yeah. Now, what I notice is that I, I have it in my left ear, but I have it for, for many years at this point. But mm. if, if I turn my head, it increases in volume, for example. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you should shake your head. Right. So you you okay. find that as well, Geraldine, yeah. Yeah. And there's my head banging days. I've had to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, you're not listening to heavy rock music anymore, then? Certainly not. No, no, no. no. But it's very annoying, as you know. Yeah. And as I said, I've gone out to the front door thinking somebody's rang the bell and there's nobody there. That's it. And what about prognosis for, for, for the future then? What, I mean, will this... Well, I don't know whether I'm going to have to have it forever or it will disappear. Um, I I follow a, a group that have been uh, vaccine damaged and COVID damaged and I'd say 99.9 of them all have a problem with their ear. That's very interesting indeed. Yeah, Yeah. and there's all sorts of this, that and the other, and you take this, that and the other. But um, again, all of them, they're mostly American, Mm. and they all emphasise that it will go away and it comes back. But as the years have gone on, one lady has it two and a half years, Mm. I never had it before, like me. Um, it has eased. It's not constant. 
Now, mine is not constant anymore either, but I do believe my osteopath and my acupuncture is the saving of me is, with this. Is helping you with that. Yeah. And when you got COVID, did you get a particularly bad dose of COVID, Jerry? I got a terrible, terrible dose of COVID, but it was all nose, ears, head. Okay. I had no bronchial, nothing like that, not even a cough, a very high fever all in my head and terrible trembling. It was like okay. I, I couldn't control my body. I was freezing, but I was sweating. Right, and that that, that sounds awful. And did that go on for, for a long period of time? Um, I tested positive on the eighth day after my booster, and then I tested positive, would you believe it, for ten full days. Of those symptoms? Yes. That must have been horrendous. It was horrendous, and I was really disappointed because I was very vigilant about my vaccines and taking care of hygiene and, like, my health smelled like a death all factory, and I escaped all the years through the huge epidemic of mm. it, and then I get my booster, and this happens. Yeah, now, you know what they tell you? probably is that if you didn't get the booster it might have been even worse yes would, would exactly you, would you go exactly. along would you go along with um, that journey? i don't know yeah, um yeah, yeah I, i'm yeah. not a person that's ever ill and mm. to me this was horrendous and i was very very disappointed that i got this after having the booster and being so good all along but look it is what it is isn't it yeah, and being so vigilant. I can imagine yeah. why, why you were crossover. Geraldine, lovely yeah. to talk to you today, and I wish you well with your health. Thank you. And you too, Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too, does. You too. Bye-bye to you now. Let's go to, to Tracy now. Tracy, good morning to you. Good morning, and thanks for having me. You're, you're, you're very welcome indeed. What about you, Tracy? You you have tinnitus as well. Yes, I do, and I've had it for years. I've actually had it since I was a teenager. Have you indeed? And can you remember when it first uh, presented itself? Uh, when it first used to come, it was just on and off. Um, now it's it's permanent. I don't get a break from it at all. And how uh, and how does it work for you now? Is it both ears? Yeah, it's both ears, but it's worse in my right ear. Okay. And what, and what kind of a sound? I know mine is a kind of a high-pitched uh, yeah, sound. Yeah, it's high-pitched. It's high-pitched. It's a high-pitched it? kind of a ringing noise. Right. And sometimes it'll, like, loud noises make it worse. And sometimes it'll just get worse out of nowhere for no reason. And I'll hear nothing. Nothing? Like, so it really affects your hearing? It can do, yeah. But even, although I've had hearing tests done, and they've come back and said, your hearing is fine. Even though I know from being on my phone that my hearing in my right ear is not as good as my left ear because I can't hear people as well. Right. I'll switch over to my my left ear and I'll hear better. But that didn't show up in a hearing test? No. Oh, isn't that very interesting indeed? And interesting. sometimes it's it's a trauma, like, you know, a sudden extremely loud noise or something that I believe can trigger this. Can you remember anything that may have triggered it in some way, Tracy? Um, not really, but I, oh. it can come in ju- conjunction with my migraines as well. Ah, like when I'm about okay. to get a really bad migraine, it gets worse. Which, um, at the moment, it's not as bad because I'm on a treatment for my migraines. I have a new treatment called the Ajovi injections. They're the monthly injections, and they've reduced the amount 
of migraines I get and the severity of my migraines. Isn't that interesting? And is it usual that tinnitus would be linked in some way to, to migraines? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it For me, it just comes with them and it gets worse around the time of them and also makes my migraines worse because <laughs> it's the high-pitched noise. It just makes them way worse. Yeah, and you can imagine. And are you aware of it all the time? Because I know that in my case, it's when I start thinking about it, it, it becomes more obvious, even though it seems to be there all of the time. But are you aware of it even now as we speak? I have to have, oh, I am aware of it now as we speak because there's no background noise on. I have to have background noise on at home all the time so that it's not as prominent. Yes. Even when I go to sleep, I have to have music on in the background. Otherwise, I'm not getting to sleep because I can hear it. So it does have an effect on your sleep then? Yeah. Oh, it does, yeah. If there's no noise in my room, say if it's completely silent, I can hear it constant and it drives me mad. And have you looked for some, some help where this is concerned? Um. Yeah, I have seen an ENT specialist, no. but they oh, said there's you? nothing that you can do. That You just have to live with it. They can't treat it. They can't do nothing for it. Yeah, seemingly in most cases you're sort of... You're, you're Once your hearing so. is fine, they won't do nothing. Yeah. And as yeah, I I remember with with my my dad was profoundly deaf all of his life, but he had extremely bad tinnitus because we could see from time to time how distressed he was uh, about yeah. it. So it can be very debilitating, you know. It can be, yeah. Like I've often been in social situations, and sometimes I will not be able to hear. And I'm asking a person to repeat what they've said because the tinnitus gets really loud, and I'm like. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't catch what you said, and I'll have to ask them to repeat it several times because I cannot hear what they're saying. But and I've said that to the ENT specialist, and he said, "There's just nothing you can do. You just have to learn to live with it." And and did he give you any advice on to as to he how said to there live are support with groups. it? No, no <coughs> advice. He said there's support groups out there. Now there are. I think Chime is one of them. Hmm. But um, I haven't reached out as of yet. <laughs> Maybe I should, but um, it's kind of hard yeah. to know what exactly they'll say or do, maybe meeting other people with the actual condition. Yeah, one of our listeners saying, I have tinnitus for years, comes and goes, ended up in Clonmel and Cork Hospital. Um, Tuesday, I had my ears syringed for the first time in months. I've had uh, relief. Um, somebody also saying, I also got severe tinnitus and vertigo after getting the COVID vaccine. I never had COVID, it says here. Somebody else saying, uh, my late mother had tinnitus. Uh, she blamed blowing her nose too hard and she put cotton wool in her ears at night to help us. I'm sorry for laughing at that, May, but thank you very much for sharing that with us uh, today. Um, yeah, if you get a cold, for example, Tracy, the, is it Oh, worse? it's way worse, yeah. Yeah, if my nose gets blocked at all, I, I can hear it so much more. Right. It's very, very debilitating when I'm unwell. Yeah, it's a, and did anybody in your family have it? Um, Not that I can remember. No, because I'm just wondering, because my dad had it and I seem to have it, um, I'm just wondering, is it is it sort of genetic in some way or does it, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it is because migraines is something that's in my family. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, even my daughter has now started having them, and I'm sure even this morning now we were going in, and I was saying about the tinnitus, and she was saying she gets it, and she's nine. Right. 
So it's 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 passing on in some way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, Tracy. Uh, good to talk to you today. We wish you well with uh, with that, uh, Tracy. Thanks very much for coming. And you on. too, friend. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Bye bye to you now. That's uh, Tracy, and before that, we heard from uh, Geraldine as well. Um, not the same, friend. But I used to have vertigo, terrible vertigo, to the point of falling over, and I went to three sessions of Reiki, and it's completely gone. So there you go. Isn't that? Uh, isn't that interesting now? And let me go to, uh, okay, lots of other experiences of um, tinnitus and uh, I'll bring them to you in just uh, a little while. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we've teamed up this week with Vodafone who are promoting their High Digital initiative and High Digital seemingly is a online skills training programme for older people over the age of 65 developed by Vodafone Ireland Foundation in partnership with Alone. And the training is uh, available online or via in-person classes. And if you want to find out more, you go to High Digital, all one word, lowercase, highdigital.ie. Or indeed, you can call 1800 20 30 30 for more information. And if you're a younger person listening, by the way, and if you know somebody in your life who could benefit from High Digital, will you recommend it to them and let them know that it's there? Because uh, topics covered... Uh, including how to use a smartphone and connecting with others and WhatsApp and social media and shopping safely online, following hobbies online and online banking and the like as well. So it's Go Digital. Uh, I beg your pardon, it's HighDigital.ie and that phone number again is 1800 20 30 30 uh, for more information. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Now, lots of people want to get involved with us where tinnitus is concerned. Ellen joins me now. Ellen, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm I'm very well, Ellen. But what about you? You have tinnitus for years. I have. I have about 13 years now. Wow. And can you remember how it came about? I I feel that it, it, it was after getting water in my ear in the shower. Right. That's what I can link it to, but I have no idea if that's what caused it. But 13... But, and, uh, and how bad yeah. is it, Ellen? Um... Look, friend, as I said, after 13 years now, I'm, I'm beginning to learn to live with it. In the beginning, I was very, very distressed. Um, to the point of being depressed, I just couldn't cope because I knew it was never going to go away and I knew it was never going to get better. Mm. So, um, yeah, I went for a brain scan. They sent me for a brain scan as part of the treatment in case of something sinister going on. But luckily, no, thank God. And the hearing test, which I passed with flying colours, so nothing to do with my hearing. So, um, yeah, I think like that, as I said, I've learned to live with it. And I don't think it's as bad now. Mm. Um, I feel, you know, I, 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 I don't know what way to put this. I kind of um, I tune out of it. Yes, yes, I, I know exactly what you mean when you, you, know? when you say that. Have you it in yeah. both ears, Ellen? I have it in both ears, but my right ear would be would be mo- much worse. Okay, yes. right. Um, I, I I couldn't like that. Previous lady said about sleeping with noise in the room. I couldn't have that. The room has completely black and no noise. But I just have to kind of um, I do a little bit of meditation. Yes. 
just to relax myself and kind of tune out of it. And it does work. It does work. Isn't that interesting? But it did affect your mental health, Ellen, your Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah, in the beginning it did. Yeah, I used to say to my husband, can you hear that noise? Can you hear that noise? And he'd say, yes, Ellen, it's a tractor on the road. And I'd say, okay, that's fine. Hmm. (laughs) You know, I was paranoid. Absolutely paranoid about it, yes. I, yeah. I, I can well understand why why you were, but it has it doesn't affect your hearing, essentially, no. does it? No, no, it doesn't. No, although my husband would probably beg to differ. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not making light of it, of course. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. You know, um, yeah. A- and no, how would you describe problem. the sound? Uh, mine is like a hum. Okay, so it's more it's low like, low pitched like, then, is it? It's low pitched and it's like traffic in the distance. This, you know, if you're in here, this home of traffic. Okay, it's that kind of a home in my ear. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, so, um, if you get a cold, for example, or if you're unwell, is it worse then? No, it's no. not. But I would get I would get a deaf ear. This kind of uh, a build up in my ear, and my ear will go deaf for a few hours. And then it would just clear itself again. But the humming wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't affect the tinnitus per se, but I would just have a deaf ear. Interesting. And just for my own yeah. information, I know when, when I move my head from side to side, it increases like maybe by 50%. Uh, I'm just yes. wondering, does, does that affect you when you move your head? Or? That affects me as well, yes. Does it? Yeah. And Now, I read somewhere in the beginning because I did so much research and I tried everything. And I read about... Um, they say the people who have tinnitus may have um, a deficiency in magnesium. Wow. So I do take magnesium now every day, and I feel that has helped. Feel that has helped, yeah. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. But you're certainly dealing with it better, uh, Ellen. Oh, much better. I've yeah. come, you know, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact now that it, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, and you just get on with it. Yeah, so, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And you've been obviously to to the doctor and to yes, yes. Know. And he spoke about background noise and stuff like that. You know, at night trying to get to sleep. But as I said, that wasn't for me. But I do find, and again, <clears throat> I hope I'm okay to say this, that anything like when when COVID was rampant mm. and people were saying to get enough vitamin D, and if you couldn't get enough vitamin D to take it, yes, anything like that drives my tinnitus through the roof. Does it indeed? When you you take a supplement or something? Yes. Even milk. You know, the milk with the added vitamins? Yes. If I use that milk, it just drives us crazy. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's something in that, Ellen, somewhere. I don't know. It's not based on any scientific evidence or anything. It's just a trial and error of my own behalf, you know. Yeah. And that's what I came. That's the conclusion I came to to avoid anything like that. How long did it take you to to cope, Ellen? Because you, you you're kind enough say, to explain about yeah. how it affected you mentally. But how long did it take yeah. you to accept? I suppose. I say, I suppose the best part of the year, you know, being uh. truthful. You know, it happened to me in winter time, and I just felt, oh God, you know, I have enough to deal with now with those, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. And like you said about your father having it yes. and being distressed. You know, if somebody has a broken leg or a broken arm, people can see that they're suffering or that they've had, you know, 
Yes. A trauma. But something like this is invisible. It's going on and inside your head, yeah. Inside your head, yeah. 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 And you just have to use your own coping mechanism to, 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 to deal with it, like. And you yeah. find, and it's, it's, it's great to get advice on this for people out there listening, you, you find meditation has helped you. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And, you know, breathing and trying to, you know, relaxing, breathing and all that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. It definitely helps me anyway. All right. Well, th- thank you for the advice, uh, Ellen. And great to talk to you today. And uh, we wish you well. Thanks, Ellen. Okay. Thank, thank you, you. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to you now. Let's go to, to Kevin. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Kevin. Um, what about you, Kevin? You, you've ended up in hospital with this, I think, have you? Yeah, well, I suppose I have tinnitus for years. Now, you could repeat all that lady said here, there, all the sounds, all the problems. Mm-hmm. I ended up in Clonmel Hospital. I ended up in Cork. And I came home, and I still had the same problem. So, now, at the time, I'd say I had ear infections. Mm. They said I got it from swimming and that. Mm. But now, this latest bout of tinnitus with me, I have it since June. And I could nearly say the day it started because I was out in the back cutting slabs, mixing cement, dust, no mask. And I believe it started in my sinuses. That's where I think it starts with me. So it's affected by by infection or something like that? Something like that. And my whole face gets infected and then it goes back into my ears. And the noise, nobody knows what it's like unless you suffer from it, like that lady said there. And tell me how bad the noise gets, Kevin. Just just tell me, can you make a comparison for me, for instance? It's, if you took a phone off the hook and the bosom, if there's knives and forks. I I woke up one night in the bed and I was wondering who was clapping beside me. Wow. <laughs> my yeah, God. It's funny. My, God. My, my brothers would say I'm mad, and they'd laugh at me. But I mean, but that's, understands. That's, that's very frightening as well as everything else. Oh, jeez, Max. That's why I'd say I ended up, I had to go to the doctors, and I ended up in Clamwell, and then there was blood pressure and all this is mentioned, and your heart, and they tested me for everything, and it was grand. But this thing just comes at you, and... It would, and you need to be fairly well. You want to be fairly mentally sound because to drive you cracked at times. I was going to ask you about that because Ellen, you know, she was very honest with us there. She said it affected her mental health, for example. You can understand that, Kevin. Oh, yeah, I could understand it. Yeah, you need to be fairly strong mentally. You would. Now, if you have this, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I, I just offside of that. Now there's a poor man I meet. He's fish up the river there near Hackett. He's from a pure country, mm. and I mention his name, Dennis. And the poor man used fish there, and I just talked to him about Genesis because I just got talked to him. I cycle a lot on the river. Yeah. And the poor man was demented with Genesis, and he has it for years and years. And I, you know, I just be telling him about my own problem. But as regards, I, I did get cortisone one time from a doctor and. Uh, maybe steroids, I don't know what the mm. prescription was, but mm. whatever I got, it did help. Now, I sent you a text there about 20 minutes ago. You read it out. Yeah. Last last Tuesday, I came back of holidays, and I had a terrible, terrible holiday with this. I came back and I went to the doctor, and fair play to him for the first time in years. He syringed me ears, and mother of God, the improvement since last Tuesday. Now, now, is it improvement 
or do you still, you still but you still, still have, have it. you still have I still it. have it but the sound is not I can cope with it as that lady said there I can cope with it the way I'm not thinking of it the whole time now for the last week but I was for the last months months and, and so do you have it all of the time but when you get an infection or something it just it increases in in, in yeah, I, I would say when I get the infection I'd say now the doctor said to me it is an inner ear problem yes an inner ear problem I believe him now, but I believe that's caused then if I get, if I'm working in a dusty, if I was painting, painting in the house, my sinuses come at me and then this thing comes at me. And the dust that time, I was building a thing out the back with my son-in-law and I was mixing some end cotton slabs, I had no mask, and that evening, I'd say, the dust got up into my sinuses and I think that's where the last bout started. Now, he surrendered my ears last Tuesday and my hearing has improved. I could not hear you now two weeks ago on the phone and I can hear you now. Um, it's just, now that could have been another problem. It was embarrassing to see what came out of my ears now, I will say that much. Was it indeed? When he, yeah, when he, yeah. when he syringed them. And now my ears were never syringed and I'm going with this problem to the doctor for 15 years. Now. Yeah, and and this that that helped you greatly when you got it done. Um, and could you would you describe the sound to me uh, as well, if you would? Well, I said to you like knives and forks scraping, like if there was a phone off the hook, a buzzing sound. All right. I said to you there. I, 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 I thought you meant that that was just uh, on one occasion, but the general sound no, no, that you have. The general sound now in my ear at the moment is a, a, a knives and forks. If you were scraping the knives and forks together. God God that sound is there. Now, it's gone back now. It's gone back from what it was. Yeah. But that would be my main main problem sound. That knives and forks sound, you know? Like tin, you know, tin it is tin. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah, you know. Now, well, I've tried everything. And it went one time on me. I don't know why it went. And then last June, bang. And I blame the work I was doing. Mm. Uh, and when you say it went, time. did it go all together for a period of time? It went all together. Right. All okay. together. Bang. Now, and I had it for years, and it went for a period of months, and then um, maybe I wasn't working at stuff. Now, I'm 70 years of age now. I'm retired, but I'd be messing around. Yeah. And at that time, I happened to be mixing and cutting slabs, and it was the slabs of that day, and I thought the dust was terrible, and I didn't have a mask on me. And I thought the dust got back over. And it, it happens to me when my sinuses get infected and my ears get infected, this thing comes at me, I think. All right, Kevin. Well, it's great to get all the different experiences uh, yeah, today. Yeah, there's so know? many. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, there's so many, many and, and people have different variations on this. Now, yeah, by, by comparison yeah. to you all that I've heard today, mine is very mild by comparison, and, and yeah. it, it doesn't really affect anything I do, and it certainly doesn't affect sleep or anything like that, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, great to talk to you. Look after yourself. Yeah, yeah so mind yourself. I yeah. wish all those people were changed as well. God Almighty, I pity them. All right, Good luck. For, for sure. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Bye-bye to you now. Welcome to the Tip FM High Digital Online Skills Tips, brought to you by Vodafone Ireland Foundation and alone. High Digital is an online skills course designed with older people in mind. Today, we're giving you tips on how to use the voice note feature on WhatsApp, one of the most popular messaging apps in Ireland. It lets you contact others in many ways, such as texting, phone calls and video calls. The voice note is great for people who find it tricky to text. Look for the microphone icon to the right of where you normally type a text. Tap and hold down the microphone button to send a voice note. 
Just speak into your phone like a dictaphone. Lift your finger off the button to send the voice note. For a more in-depth tutorial on this and many other lessons, log on to highdigital.ie or call 1-800-203030 for more information. Brought to you by Vodafone Ireland Foundation and alone. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie People getting in touch with their experience of uh, tinnitus. Buddy joins me now. Buddy, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are you? Uh, great to talk to you again, Buddy. Do you suffer with uh, tinnitus as well? I do, yeah. And I've, I've listened to the callers in there and... I'd say it's about eight years ago I got it, and it's in the left ear. But what happened was there was a was kind of a viral infection going that time because three or four people in work where I am got it. So I, and I got the vertigo with it as well, which oh, that, that was a terrible feeling that was. But um, I went to the doctor with a sore throat, and he said I had an ear infection, and he said I had a swimmer's ear. Now I do swim a lot, mm. so he. Gave me antibiotics for it, and I was quite, I was kind of all right then. And my niece was home from England, and I'd normally take her young lad swimming, but because of the sore throat, I said I'd take him to the cinema in Turles. So I went over there, came home, dropped them home out to my sister's house, and sitting down having a cup of tea and around quarter to twelve, I said, "Here I go to bed." And just as I went to stand up, I heard some merciful buzzing noise in my left ear, and the whole room started spinning. And I didn't know what it was. And woke up the next morning, I thought to be gone, but Dizzy had to get my brother to drive me out to the doctor. So I was like that for... The vertigo was bad for 10 days, I'd say. But now he put me on steroids, loads of steroids, loads mm. of antibiotics, but none mm. of them, none of those helped. And even I had cousins home from America about a year after, and they noticed even when I was walking, I'd be kind of going from side to side. I was like that for nearly a year and a half. My God. But the ream was there. Then I ended up going to a specialist in Kilkenny. And every time we went to him, he just kept saying, um, oh, you could have that for another six months. You could have that for another six months. Never actually said out to me that I had tennis until I said it to him. And I said this out to him. He said, I'm coming down. There's no cure for it. So he more or less shrugged his shoulders. So fast forward, and I went to an audiologist there earlier on this year. And I said the hearing was good. But uh, they'd done... Like people are talking about getting the rear syringe now. I know your man in Kilkenny did say it to me, you never mm. syringe your ear, that water in the ear, your middle ear, that the audiologist down there, what they don't do is a suction and suck the wax. There was wax in my ear, all right. Mm. But it didn't make it... I think I'm like you, though. It doesn't, doesn't interfere with sleep. At certain times, watching television now, there's music on, sometimes the, the ping sound to go louder. But what happened to me a few times is it hopped into my right ear but then to go again, but it happened one night at home for nearly 10 minutes, and I said, Jesus, I wouldn't like to have it in the two years because I couldn't hear the television. Herself was looking at me, she said, what's up, and I was telling her. So it was that, was that loud? It was that loud, It was that loud when it went into my right ear, oh, really God. loud. And I was saying to her, Jesus, I hope to God this is not going to happen. So I'm hoping down the road it won't, but it, it, it's crazy when you think of, even say the COVID, the way they could come up with vaccines there very quick, that, that no one can seem to come up with a cure for this. And and for a lot of people, as I say, by comparison to, you know, all your experiences that I've heard today, yeah. my, mine is very mild by comparison. 
Yeah. But, but still, it is debilitating, you know. It's, uh, well, it is because, I mean, the grandkids you know, have been mad me to go to cinema. I, I think I went once, but I put earplugs in my ear, and I'm sure everyone was looking at me and saying, what, what the hell is he doing? Like, because I, I even said to my daughter, the noise that the cinema's over anyway, I don't know why they have it so loud. It's not good for anyone's ear. But mm. just because I had this virus, I suppose, it just was the noise there started it off that night. Just to hear it about um, Like, if I was in um, a crowd now, so I was out having a drink in a crowd, and there's a whole lot of people talking together. I would find it hard to pick up what they're saying in that ear and the in the left ear. Definitely. But um no I'd I'd, I'd wake up tonight and I know great sleeper anyway. I'd never wake up and put my hand to my ear and say, Oh I hear the noise so thank God it's not it's not bad now like some of the people there were saying like mm. that, you know, that last man until he wakes up. And, and, and you were saying about your poor dad sure. that oh was that was God, terrible for him. It was so distra- I mean his hearing was so bad anyway, yeah. but we we'd know by him. You know, when he when he had the tinnitus, it was so yeah. distressing for him. Um, what what kind of a sound are, are you hearing, buddy? What it's like um, it's like a high pitched, like like a ping sound. And even now, as I'm talking to you, I'm aware of it. Now, so when, I'm, when I'm speaking about it, I'm aware of it. I can hear it. It's just going like a, a beep, a distant beep in my in my ear. Sometimes, now if I get I have a head cold today, and if I get a head cold, it gets louder, and I get dizzy all at the top, at the back of my head. It gets dizzy. God, that must be an awful, an awful feeling. Oh, and I had that dizziness for a year and a half. Like, I mean, I knew when I was walking, I could feel myself. But I could still work away, like I do decorate. I go up a ladder again, but when I come down the ladder, when I was off, I still think I was stepping back two steps as when I had a bed. So, but, um, and before the initial bout of this, you had no issues with vertigo or none, with none tinnitus? None whatsoever, and I was swimming for years, never had any issues or anything like that. And as I said, three or four people in work had at that time. And after two or three weeks, they got over Now, the doctor in Kilkenny said to me, he looked at the list of tablets. He said, they're all a waste. They're all a waste. He said, they, they don't do anything for this. So, which is true, they didn't. They didn't help. Like, maybe they might help some people, but they didn't help me anyway. But, yeah. um, and, and Ellen spoke to us there about how it affected her, her mental health for about a year as well. Yeah. Do, do, does it affect you? Now, I know you've, God knows, you've gone through so much yeah. stuff, buddy, but did, did it affect you in that sort of a way as well? No, I, I, I don't let it bother me too much, like, because if it did, I, I, but then I suppose if you have it in two years, it's, I imagine people would nearly crack up with it because if it interfered your life with that sleeping and like I don't have to have a radio on in the background or things like that either, okay. thank God. Yeah. But I'm just hoping down the road that the way it hops into the right ear that I won't have to go that way. But I can only imagine people in the forty years affecting their lifestyle. It must be it must be terrible. It must and be. And yes, I keep yeah. going back to strange that they cannot get a cure for it or come up with something for it. Isn't it just? Um yeah. a lot of people on um and they're advocating various kind of alternative um, approaches to it. Uh, one of our listeners saying reflexology worked for me, and we heard about Reiki a little bit earlier yeah. on, and some people talking about various other things. What, what about you? Have you tried anything like that? Buddy? I tried. There was um, a girl at work here told me about there's an app you get on the phone, and it's free for the first month. And what it is, you do it maybe twice a day, and it's like you're hearing noise, and it goes up kind of loud, then it goes down low, and done that for a month and then I think after that it was going to be something like 18 euro a month or something like that mm-hmm. but after the month I was talking to the people who were doing it it didn't make a, a bit of difference to me like mm. now maybe people that had it in both years it might I don't know but, but it, it, I see it, it, there's a lot of things out there I suppose too a lot more 
just money rackets trying yeah, to because I, I was on social media about this and because yeah. I because I googled it once I am inundated now with yeah, people telling me they can cure it. I know of stuff coming in about it, yeah. yeah but, so but I think Frank, when the experts can't come up with a cure I don't think any of these those apps now maybe the people might get relief out of it but um, I suppose it's easy for me to say it's only in the one year I don't let it bother me but if you have it in both years I can understand people how to feel about it. it must be terrible for them. Of course, yeah. And would you be the kind of person who would try meditation or something like Ellen did? I, I, I don't have time to meditate, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> four, four little grandkids running around me. They, right. they, keep, me, right. they keep me in medication. They uh, keep me going. But I, I suppose sure. maybe it, w- it would help if, if you could relax. Yeah. But I, like, I still do the swimming. Like I find the swimming, swimming actually good. But something like that man that area around there, if I miss the swimming now, I get all slogged up. And I find that that helps, and I don't suffer with sinus, but um, could, could be a lot of it too. Like, yeah, Nancy, but, um, Nancy's in Kilcormick. She says she went to a faith healer and said it was a great help to her. Yeah, so it's See, a, but probably uh, things work for some people and don't for others, as well. Like uh, when you have it, you will, you will try anything, as suppose. To, to and when, when you go back swimming, buddy, it doesn't aggravate it again, does it? No, it doesn't. No, because I, I thought I stopped swimming for a while to see, and it didn't make any difference to me because I said I have it now and it's not going, but um. No, I find the swimming kind of helps because it clears the sinus now that probably the chlorine in the water helps. But right. yeah. I don't know, it doesn't get any worse, but it's just there. Now, even talking to you now, I can hear it. It's there in my ear, which is, let me know what I'm listening to what you're saying, but <laughs> it just gets, gets, gets a bit louder. Yes, like, but, of course. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't be thinking about it all day, as I put it that way. Yeah. As I said, in one yeah. ear, probably like yourself. It's, would you find in the studio now, would, do you know what I actually know that I'm talking about that? If I. If I go into the church into a funeral or a mass or something, I find, I don't know, is it the microwave system? The mic or the microphones in the church, um, the ping gets a bit louder. Yeah, well, funnily enough, now, my, my dad being in the church would drive him mad, but yeah, a lot yeah. of that was because he had two hearing aids trying to... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so, that, that wouldn't help there. Yeah, like, uh, so, so I yeah. think that was probably part part of that as well. Uh, buddy, we wish you well, and thanks very much for coming no, along with us. Really, really thanks good. Thanks a million. Thanks very Take much. Take care. God bye bless. Bye-bye, Janance. Bye buddy, there in uh, Temple Moore speaking to us today, 1800-938-007. Nancy in Kilcormick, I'd love to know more about the faith healer, Nancy. I'm fascinated by that kind of thing, so I'd love to know a bit more. Uh, about that uh, 1800 938 007 now we will play the Tip FM Match 3 game in association with our good friends at uh, Stakelum's Home and Hardware and Stakelum's Expert Electrical will be doing that in the next hour hopefully and of course it's happening five times a day here on a tip today some amazing prizes absolutely amazing and you know the story at this stage 90 squares 30 hidden prizes match up three squares on the board win a prize and the more you listen I suppose the more you track where the prizes are and all you have to do is match three and the prizes are just just terrific as I say so we'll give you that opportunity in the next uh, hour news and information's on the way Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800 938 That's the free phone number. If you want to register to play our Match 3 game, will you do so 
Nell, please, on 0833 If you give us your name, your details, and put match three, <coughs> excuse me, at the end of your contribution, we will pop you in at the draw. So that's 083 Now, following that huge attendance at Holland Fela in Cashel on Sunday night about the international protection uh, applicants who were due to arrive uh, to the Cashel Hostel on John Street in Cashel. You're aware at this stage that the plan has been paused. And I'm glad to be joined now by Donna Daverin, who is chairperson of the John Street Residents Association. Good morning to you, Donna. Good morning, Fran. And really good to talk to you uh, today. Thanks, and my apologies. I couldn't talk to you the last two days. I work away in Cork and I was just caught. Uh, I'm dealing with, with things on this on a part-time basis before and after work, so... Of, of course you are indeed. Now, you were in, in attendance on Sunday night and you did explain to people at the meeting, Donna, that there's a lot of problems been going on for quite some time in John Street in Cashel. Indeed, Fan. Uh, I was actually asked to chair the meeting by three public representatives uh, on the night and I declined to do that because, I mean, I represent the people of John Street I have for the last number of years, uh, the last four or five years. Um, I'm a third generation in the street. My parents lived in the same house. My grandparents lived in the same house. And, uh, you know, we're a, <coughs> we're a family that's well known in the town. Um, and John Street's a fantastic street. Mm. Fantastic street. Yeah. Cashel's a great place to bring up a young family like I have. Um, and we have a lot of older residents in this street as well. We have people in their 80s people in their 70s, widows, widowers. Um, and so it's really, really important that I think uh, we look at this uh, in its true perspective. And if I can bring you back just a little bit, Fan, the, the, um, the, the original granting and planning permission for the building that we're talking to back in 1992 uh, was granted based on a couple of things. It was granted, obviously, as a holiday hostel. And uh, one of the provisions on the conditions of planning was that it should be uh, completed and operated at all times, and I'm quoting uh, from the planning, so as to cause no undue interference with adjoining properties. Um, and also the the owner at the time uh, said, uh, uh, based on concerns of residents at the time, that untold disturbance, excessive noise and loitering on the street by an undesirable element would not be put up with in that sense. So um, he also said that the, the, the accommodation number six, John Street, should cause no definite threat. So um, based on that and based on what you've asked me there to get back to your question, um, what I did, I suppose, at Holland Fela, because I was asked to speak then, mm. was just to give a brief outline of maybe what the residents of the street have put up with over the last number of years. And um, we had to set up, uh, unfortunately, uh, a neighbourhood watch committee about uh, three or four years ago in response to uh, a spike, I suppose, in antisocial behaviour uh, around the environs of the street. <clears throat> so people have been feeding information back into me over the intervening period. And I've uh, contacted local representatives about that, uh, local councillors and, uh, you know, um, national deputies. Um, and some have engaged better than others on it. Um, but um, I don't know, Fran, do you want me to give you an ex- some examples? I'd, I'd, I'd love some examples, yeah. if you could, yeah. because I know you shared at uh, in, in Holland of Fela, and a lot of people were very surprised at what you had to say, yeah. Donna. Yeah. Well, I'd say more than surprised, Fran. I'd say shocked, because yeah. I was standing at the front of the hall looking at five 550 people. Mm. And um, afterwards, people came up to me, put their hand on my shoulder and said, I'm sorry, I didn't know what you had been going through. Now, that's testament to the people at Cashel, but it's also scary for the town. We are a fantastic tourism mm. town. We have an award-winning five-star hotel opened a year and a half ago in the, in the town yeah. that is, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a former hotelier of 20 of years. Yeah. It's not on, only known just nationally, it's known internationally and has won international awards. We're getting fantastic people in the town. We have fantastic retail. We have fantastic cafes and shops and everything. So, you know, um, and, and, and to put it in perspective, when you talk about the tourism product and you talk about Cashel, three years ago, I was in a taxi. Well, it was a, a courtesy vehicle in Cork being brought to a garage. And the guy said to me, what's going on in Cashel? He said, I was told I shouldn't park my car in the main street, that it wouldn't be safe. Wow. So I want to make sure that, you know, we are the tourism product that we are. We have fantastic Rock of Cashel. You know the town so well, Fran, mm-hmm. and it's an amazing town. So I'll give you, if you can indulge me for a second, I'll give of, you... Of course, and before you do, could I just say to yeah. people out there, because I'm from Cashel, you see, yeah. I would have always viewed John Street as a beautiful, sedate street, quiet street, no hassle, no grief. I'd feel completely safe. And I'm thinking back to my childhood here, walking up and down that street as we did to primary school, no problems yeah. whatsoever. So yeah. in the last few years, Donna. Yeah, so let, let's, I'll give you a brief from 2019. 28th of January, um, a resident of the hospital at 7.25am entered in uh, a resident's car in John Street in their rear yard and was going through the contents of the owner's car. He was observed on CCTV to be trying the car door handle of other residents' vehicles. He was later arrested and was in court. Now, I can stand over that categorically because I was that resident at 7.25am in the dark that found that individual in my car. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the case. So the 17th of March, again, 11pm, a verbal altercation on the street between a male and a female came out of the hostel. 28th of March, a lone lady passing down the street reported to us that she felt intimidated by a group of six to eight males outside the hostel, one of which spat on the street as she passed. 28th of March, a car was towed by four guardie put on a low loader. The owner was resident in the hostel. 30th of March, a young female tourist left the hostel, went to another guest house on the street uh, due to excessive noise and the type of people staying in the hostel and begged to be, to be taken in. The 4th of April, a car chase by Gardaí and subsequent car crash and an arrest was made by Gardaí uh, from someone who was a resident in the hostel. Um, the 6th of April, 2019, the eviction of a female by the, uh, from the hostel by Gardaí. The 7th of April, 2019, a young GA team visiting the Cashel King Cormac's Club has to leave the hostel at about 2am in the morning to take a three-hour trip home because they didn't feel safe. They had safety concerns and their, the people that were with them had safety concerns. Um, the 30th of May 2019, the resident of the hostel who was, fire, who was housed there due to a fire in his own home, I think he was from the horse and jockey area, had to leave the hostel due to being threatened and reported this to a local political representative who passed it on to us. Um, that's 2019. It's just a small brief on it. I'll give you a little bit on 2020, 2020. Um, the the uh, I, I spoke to you about the people in the street being yeah. of older yeah. and um, uh, Tiberia County Council contracted nine COVID isolation units there to bring people from all over South Tip that may be uh, COVID positive in the homeless community into our street uh, in Cashel and into John Street in Cashel um, to isolate when our own you know 70 and 80 year old residents were trying to cocoon and trying to stay away from us. 2nd of May 2020, a man convicted in prison for the rape of a 12-year-old boy who had 41 previous convictions for theft, robbery, burglary and drug use, was housed in the hostel overnight, having been run out of accommodation and care. Um, the owner at that time told the star there were children in the hostel that evening. Uh, the man was brought to Clanmel by the owner early next morning, followed protests on the streets, with, which necessitated the attendance of senior guardie. Um, the guardie, unfortunately, that night, and this is so, so tragic, uh, asked the, 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 the young family across the street, could they take down their children's drawings from the window because they were only acting as an advertisement. Um, 19th May, two guardie attended 8.25pm to the hostel. 
24th of July, um, the neighbourhood watch sign was stolen from outside the hostel. Unfortunately, uh, the cameras in that area weren't working when the Gardaí went to look for them. Uh, 27th of August 2020, a neighbour calls Gardaí about uh, alleged drug taking and causing disturbance, a male on the street um, who re-entered the hostel. 2nd of September, four people exited the building, the hostel building aggressively, shouting and drove away at speed, nearly hitting an oncoming car. Um, 13th of September, disturbance outside by a male resident of the hostel, Gardaí are called by a local resident. 24th and 25th of September, the front window was broken in the hostel, Gardaí attend. The 8th of October, a local retired and respected casual resident is assaulted on Main Street by a resident of the hostel and reported to Gardaí. 23rd of December, a hostel resident enters Bowes and Co. at the end of John Street early in the morning, frightening female staff looking for cigarettes. Um, late December, ambulance outside hostel. Um, 2021, advanced paramedic, January 7th at hostel at 3.30pm. January 29th, Gardaí in an ambulance attend hostel and remove one person. 16th of February, man kicking door of hostel aggressively to try and gain entry. March 2021, a number of occasions, uh, residents of the hostel wearing their face mask approach a vehicle. Um, this is reported to Gardaí and the driver of that vehicle was later arrested in a sting operation on John Street uh, for drug-related incidents. 22nd of, May, 22nd of June, a man arrested on Main Street reported to be a hostel resident. 27th of June, guard a car at the hostel. 3rd of July, ambulance with blue lights on, guard a car attend hostel. 24th of July, two guard a cars suited forensic officers attend hostel and an undertaker leave later arrived. 15th of August, two guardie attend hostel. 1st of December, advanced paramedic and guardie attend hostel for 30 minutes. That's just two years, Fran. I have... Well, five, six entries, seven, eight, nine and, and entries. And you, you have all documentation on everything you've said to me there, Donna. Well, everything I said yeah. has been reported to yeah. me by people. And people can check with the Gardaí, yeah. uh, Sergeant Tom Kelly or whoever there, and check on Pulse. Um, it's yeah. easy to check how many times the Gardaí have attended the hostel over the last four years. It's easy to check with the HSE on the logs how many times an advanced paramedic or... Um, a paramedic unit has attended the hospital the, the hostel over the last number of years. That's all out there for people to see. I mean, if you go to the media, Fran, um, you know, you have newspaper headlines like from the Tipperary Live in December 2019, a 32-year-old man with 12 previous convictions, five of those under the Misuse of Drugs Act, two of which were, were for the sale or supply to others, received a suspended sentence for possession when searched by Gardaí. He gave his address as the Holiday Hostel and 6 John Street Cashel. So that's a convicted drug dealer who's giving that as an address. The Nationalist, uh, on the 4th of March 2021, a homeless man sent to jail for theft. His solicitor said his client requires a high level of support for his addiction, psychiatric and mental disability issues. That was the individual we referred to earlier, the unfortunate individual who had um, just been released and who was housed there for one night. And the Irish Daily Star, uh, May 9th, 2021, front page, child rapist run out of town, front page and two full pages, pages 10 and 11. And what I would say to you, Fran, is I've checked back in the transcript from your interview with the owner on Monday. And to quote back to you, he said, there's a very, very small percentage of people who give trouble, but we know what to do when it does happen. I can assure you we will manage it well. We have the people here to work with it. And that's from your transcript from TIPFM. What, I mean, it strikes me, and, and I, I don't mean this to sound facetious, but would you almost be better off? with asylum seekers in, in the hostel than what you've sort of had for the last few years? Fran, there are such genuine cases of homeless people out there. Um, take that man whose house burned down yeah. and who went in there and unfortunately yeah. had to leave. There are such genuine cases out there. This facility was never, ever designed for that. Um, I, what I would like to know is where are all the supports? 
Where are the addiction counsellors? Where are the medical team that's been... Uh, and this is going to be the same for uh, the proposed 74 people. And again, just to correct anything from the other day as well, you know, we learned from the person on the radio that it was to be a mix or it was to be made free. Like, the information from the department was very clear, France. You saw it. Yeah. It said 74 males. It said that they were IPAS, that they were international protection applicants. You know, it's very, very clear on that. Who, like, what, what, what that is, you know, on that. Um, and I have my concerns now, France. My concerns are this. Two people contacted me over the last 24 hours worried that... Um, because the Brayer County Council were left out of this in the beginning and they now have nowhere to send um, any of their their homeless people, Yes. Um, that a deal is being struck now to divide up these buildings because there are three buildings. And, you know, it's a matter of public record, Fran, um, that uh, one of the buildings is uh, the subject of a Section 154 enforcement notice by the council, uh, the, nurse, the former nursing home property. Um, that can be looked up. Uh, very easily. It's a protected structure and um, it was issued with that notice because the character of the structure was affected over a period of time by the owner and uh, he was ordered to reinstate that property. Uh, by 20 to December 2021, still isn't the case, that's gone through four different in senior planning individuals. I know all names, but I'm not going to name them here. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it hasn't, there's engagement maybe going on. But, like, the, the final date on that was 20 December 2021 to reinstate that. We don't know if that building is being considered as part of this. Uh, you know, we're, we're not sure. And the reason we're not sure, Fran, is we've never been contacted. Um, when the owner was on the radio the other day, you asked him directly, did he ever engage with me? And I will tell you, his answer to that was, he walks up and down the street and I... Uh, he didn't ever come to talk to me about it. Well, my question to you, Fran, is this. Number one is, I walk up and down the street while because I'm minding my family, I'm living in my town, I'm walking my two children. It's not up to me to engage with anyone else uh, uh, on the street. The second thing is, where was that individual when the man broke into my car? You know, got into my car and rifled through it, who was a resident of the hostel. Where was he when the man urinated out the front door of the hostel in front of the residents across the road, um, the family across the road, the, 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 the father of that family. Where were the apologies from that? I ran hotels for 20 years. If a resident of mine did anything that would affect fellow residents in the area, I'd be the first one knocking on their door saying, mea culpa, I'm really sorry, I've dealt with this. So what happens now, Donna? I mean, all we're talking about here is a pause, but it's almost a separate issue to everything you've described to me there, you know? Yeah, well, I suppose it, 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 it goes back to, um, you know, uh, the, the kernel of this is that um, there was no engagement from the council ever for putting homeless people in there. A senior executive in the council said to me, it's not a designated, this is years ago, it's not a designated uh, homeless hostel. We just give people vouchers and they go wherever they want. But if the only show in town is the Cashel Holiday Hostel in South Tipperary, which it is, of course they're going to go to there. And I want to stress again, Fran, there are really genuine, heart-wrenching cases out there of homeless people. Sure, yeah. But it's the mix. And then if this is going to be the mix of uh, people who are placed by the council and IPAS together, I'm not sure how that's going to go for the street and the people of Cash. And that's my worry. And that's the worry of a lot of people in the town. I had an 82-year-old woman text me the other night saying, I'm worried to go out to my car. Is there any chance you'd 
you'd walk me out in these times when we have all this going on in the town. I got you. Um, there's another uh, older resident in the street who moved uh, to live with her daughter uh, over a period of time because she didn't feel safe in the street. And that, that's the problem. You know, you can look, don't take my word on it, go on to TripAdvisor and read reviews. You know, um, you know, there's a review I read in the past and it said, look, the bottom of John Street is like Beirut. I don't know what night that was. I didn't see it. But, um, you know, it's, it's terrible. And, you know, it's, it's really difficult for me because my family grew up in the town. My parents grew up in the town. My grandparents were in the town. We all lived in this house. My father was born in the street in a nursing home down the street. He died in the street. You know, so um, it's sad to say sometimes that, like, I'm glad my parents aren't alive to see what's going on today. Well, Donna, thank you uh, for that. We'll obviously be following the story with uh, a great interest, but uh, great to talk to you today. Finally, before I let you go, I mean, these public representatives tend to listen to the show, Donna. What would you say to them? Well, the public representatives are all well aware of me. I've spoken to deputies Brown, Cahill, Kelly, Lowry and McGrath. I've also spoken to councillors Kendi, Burgess and Cross. Um, all of them are well aware of the years. I have correspondence from all of them. They sympathise. And they know as well that, you know, you know, the council has to deal with something. But um, engagement is the big issue here, Fran. The department never engaged with the residents of the street. They know over the last number of years of placing people, that's when they get themselves in trouble, when they don't engage with communities. We want to know what services are in place. We can see what a lack of service means because it, it nearly encourages people back into criminality or it nearly encourages people back into addiction. You know, if somebody was put in a jail, they would have an addiction counsellor. They would have medical help. I just feel that people sometimes are just left and told, you know, there you go, now off you go. I don't know what services they have. And the reason we don't know is nobody ever communicated with us. Nobody ever talked to us, whether it be from the department whether it be from, um, from the council, from Tiberi County Council, it's always been us communicating with them, trying to find out. And here we are again with this, trying to find out. There's a lack of communication. There's um, a lack of transparency, Fran. And that leads to distrust. It leads to distrust in the community. It leads to distrust from the residents of the street. Donna, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you and Thanks, uh, good morning to you. That's uh, Donna Daverin there and uh, Donna of the John Street uh, Residence Committee there. All right, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's well, we Garage. Out this morning speaking about uh, tinnitus and we've been blown away by the response we've gotten uh, to it and so many people indeed suffering with this uh, condition. But I was particularly taken with Nancy's text to us and she joins me now. Nancy, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Nancy. I'm really intrigued with you. Tell me, first of all, about the tinnitus. How, how long did you have tinnitus? I got the tinnitus back maybe 25 years ago. Yeah. And, of course, like that, you think you're going mental because it, it happens out of the blue. I just got this noise in my head and I thought, Jesus, am I going mental? So I went to my doctor <clears throat> and they told me it was tinnitus. And uh, I can't remember exactly what they said at the time, but I knew this older man, he was a doctor. Mm. And I chatted to him about it, and he said, do you know, he said, there's no real cure for tinnitus. 
But she said, for what it's worth, I had a patient, she said, very bad with tinnitus, and she went to a faith healer. Now, he said, I'm, I'm giving you no guarantee, but she said, if you want to try it. And at the time, maybe a month or two later, on the Sunday world, there was a um, faith healer. There was a big story about a faith healer uh, in Ballinrobe in County Mayo. Yeah. And I suffered a lot with my back at the time, terrible back pain. So I had a sister home from England, and she had some other problem I can't remember. And the two of us said, do you know what? We'll make an appointment and we'll go to this man. And I was going with my back. I wasn't thinking of the tinnitus at all. So we went down. I think we had to wait a month for an appointment. Anyway, we went down. I told him all about my back. And then I just said to him, before I go, I said, I suffer with tinnitus. And he put his hands on my ears. And whatever he did, a prayer or whatever he did anyway, he left his hands on my ears for about 10 minutes. And I came home that night and the tinnitus was still there. But do you know something? Hmm. After about three weeks, the tinnitus disappeared. Completely? Completely. I might get it now. Maybe if I was stressed or something, I might get it once or twice a year. Yes. But it just disappeared. And it was a horrendous noise. I'll tell you what it was. It was like a tractor or a machine humming outside your door. Wow. No matter what you did. It uh, it reminded me of when I was a child and my father would come in maybe for the dinner and he might leave the tractor running. And it it was exactly like a machine, piece of machinery or a tractor outside your window or your door ticking over. God, that must have been head-wrecking, literally. It was was head-wrecking and uh, it was horrendous. But another thing as well that someone suggested to me one time, now if I get it, I get it very little, Mm. maybe a couple of times a year I might get it. When you get it, if you don't dwell on it, if you try and do one, now I know people will probably laugh, if I got it now, say, and I said a decade of the roads, right, Mm. just while I was concentrating on this, I would take my mind off of what was in my ear and it would go. Or I might, in the middle of the night, or if it was early, if you went for a nap or something, I might sing a verse of a song. I might do something to stop myself dwelling on it. Yeah, and I think you're dead right about that, because when I'm doing something else, I'm not really all that conscious of it, even though I don't have it now yeah. near as bad as you did. But uh, but the moment, like even now, I, <laughs> that I'm talking about, I'm, I I can hear it, you know. So well, I t- now, you see, yeah. and the minute you stop, if you go off to do something else and you really concentrate on this other thing you're doing, let it be a prayer, let it be a poem, mm. let it be a, a verse of a song in your head, it leaves off. And I, I, I suppose know. Ellen was making the point as well about a bit of meditation, and that's what she's yes. doing as well, which is that she's yes. diverting attention from it. Yeah, very Divert interesting. Divert the attention to something else, and it won't seem as bad. But if you lie there, thinking and dwelling on it, it'll get worse. It'll seem to get T- more loud. Tell me more about the faith healer. Can you remember his name? I can't remember his name, but about 25 years ago, he was the seventh son of a seventh son, and there was a big story. Was he Stone? Was it Stone? Was that his name? No, you're thinking of Eddie Stone down in Sun's Church. All right, okay. It's not. This man was in Ballinrobe in County Mayo. Okay. And there was a big story. Now, the poor man could have passed away since, 
uh, he would have been, I suppose, at the time, maybe a man in his 50s or 60s. And uh, a lot of people were going to him, but now he did nothing for my back. I was going to ask so, you about that, yeah. No, he no. did nothing for my back, but he definitely helped with the tinnitus. And now like that, I only get it maybe once if I was stressed or something over mm. anything. I might get it, but the minute I hear it, I will automatically either say a little prayer or I'll get up or I'll go through a verse of a song or I just won't dwell on it. And it will go away. And it will go away. Yes, because I think yeah. the more you dwell on it, the worse it will get. Of course. And is it linked in any way to you getting a cold or a flu or... No. No, nothing no. like now, that. I have in later years, I have developed um, vertigo. Yes. But like the vertigo, I try and I have medication for that if I get it bad. But like that, if I keep everything at eye level, the clothesline, things like that. But if I look up, if I went into a shop now and they're selling lights and they're all hanging out at the ceiling and I start to look up at them, I will stagger across the floor. Your head begins to swim, yeah. My head will spin, yes. So I try and... I try, there is ways, like, I just don't be looking up at ceilings and I bring the clothesline down to eye level and things like that. Somebody wondering, was it Finbar Nolan that you met? Do you know something? I haven't too. I'm yeah, sorry yeah. now. No, it's just one of our lists saying he ago. was seventh son of a seventh son and had clinics. Well, now, if he is, and yes, if he <laughs> yeah. is, and if someone knows that been, man, yeah. yes, yeah. they should go to him. Anything is worth trying out. Yeah, of course it is. Of course because it is. Because it's a dreadful, dreadful thing. You first get it, you think you're going you think you're going mental that you're hearing this tractor in your head. Yeah. I mean, and I know other people have bells and storms of wind and other people have all this, but this is what I had. Yeah, with me it's kind of a high pitched thing, like as if your radio was off off kilter in some way, you know, that sort of yes, the, the yes, noise, yes. you know. There's different noises, I suppose. But I, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't affect you as badly anymore, but as you say, you you have it from time to time. I have it maybe, yeah. I could get it about twice a year. Yeah. And the minute I get it, and the minute I hear it in my head, I will automatically, uh, as I say, I might get up and make a cup of tea, I might take my mind off it, I might run through a verse of a song or as I say maybe yeah. say a prayer and while you're concentrating on something else it just seems to fade away Right, so you divert your, your, your thoughts You divert your attention to something else Alright Nancy, great to talk to you today okay, and I'm glad you thanks. found a way around this Thank you so I much I hope it's some help to you, have a good day You too Nancy, you too, and look yeah. after yourself Thank you, Good uh, Let's go to uh, Brenda now Brenda, good morning to you Good morning, friends. Uh, great to talk to you today, Brenda. You've had tennis. Have you had it for quite some time, Brenda? Um, yeah, I have. Um, probably about 10 years. But I only get it when my blood sugar levels are high. Because I'm a type 2 diabetic. Ah, so, so it's related to the diabetes, you think, in some way. That's what I think, yes. So, you know, if my sugar levels are high, then um, I get it. And it's like a very... Like you said, the radio off kilter, that's what it sounds like. So that's yeah. your experience of it. Is it in both ears for you, Brenda? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of the volume of it, I mean, how does it affect you? Um, I try to, like the lady before said, try to divert my mind into something else. But I also know then that I need to drink a lot of water quickly to bring my sugar levels down. And um, once that's back to normal, then I'm fine. That's very interesting. What What have your doctors been saying to you about this, Brenda? I actually haven't spoken to them about it. 
Right. It's just something I picked up myself. Right, but you've discovered what the trigger is yourself and yes. how, how to deal with it in some way. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that very interesting? He suffers from it too, but he suffers from a constant. He was in a truck accident and he got a neck injury. And then from that, um, so he's been suffering from with it now for about 24 years. So a, tra- and, a trauma and, in his case then? That has triggered it, yes. Yeah. And it drives him crazy. Does it? Know? Yes, it does. It definitely drives him crazy, yeah. Yeah, so it must be very loud for him then, Brenda, is it? Yeah, it's an, an, an incredible. And wh- you know, when you're listening to the radio or listening to TV or something where you're concerned, um, when you have bouts of it, does it affect that? Um, it does, because then I can't hear properly. Okay, so it affects your hearing as yeah, well. You yeah, you know, it sort of like dulls my hearing, and, um, and then I can't hear properly, and then I have to turn the volume up, or I have to say, I beg your pardon, or, you know, sorry, please repeat that, and it gets very irritating, you know. Yeah, but um, I don't do it very often because I do try to control my sugar very, you know, quite well. Yeah, but it's so, very interesting. The moment you get things back in balance where the sugar levels are concerned, it goes away. It goes away, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder then if it's a case that some of the people suffering with this, do they have sugar issues that they don't know about, maybe? Maybe it's an underlying issue that people don't know of, yeah. And maybe it's something they should uh, check out. Brenda, good to talk to you today, and thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And uh, that's Brenda speaking to us today. Uh, loads of people on to us about uh, tinnitus. Let me just uh, take a break back in a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Yeah, Catherine says, uh, I got a heart attack two years ago. I recovered well. I'm on six different heart tablets every day. My tinnitus is caused by medication. I never had it until two years ago. In the daytime, when there are other sounds around, it's not too bad, but at night... When I put my head on the pillow, it drives me mad. It has not affected my hearing, but there's no doubt in my mind that it was caused, in my case, by medication. And that's Catherine who says that she's an active 76-year-old. Thanks very much indeed for that. John was on to say, well, Fran, um, what about mercury fillings in the teeth? Because mercury stores electricity, and it's the same kind of buzzing as a pylon or a power station. Uh, If it's true, somebody... Somebody with no teeth or no fillings should have no buzzing, says John. So that's into us on 0833113311. Now, the government has approved plans to roll out resources to support parents and parent associations who wish to develop voluntary codes regarding smartphone use among primary school uh, children. And uh, to talk to me about this... I'm glad to be joined by a gentleman who's a, a regular contributor to the show, columnist for the Nationalist newspaper, Carl Clancy. John De Carl, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you today, Carl. I know you're not in agreement with giving preteen smartphones anyway, I believe, Carl. Oh, God, no. Uh, and I'm, I, I may go off on a rant here, Fran, so you feel free at any point to uh, weigh in. Uh, ranting's good, Carl. Feel... Ranting's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I feel quite strongly about. Um, the, the idea of giving young children smartphones 
because those are the only phones that we really give children mm. now, um, really rankles with me. And, and as parents, sometimes I wonder if maybe there shouldn't be an exam to become a parent beyond the, the obvious practical. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very simple thing that a phone is these days uh, access to the rest of the world mm. and all corners of the internet and every person who may be on it. And that makes a phone an inherently dangerous thing to give somebody who doesn't have the wherewithal to understand what they're doing with it. I mean, you wouldn't give a seven-year-old a knife, yeah. but you'd give them a smartphone and you give them that with impunity, even though there's an awful lot more damage that they can do to themselves or do to others or others can do to them through a phone than any weapon you might give them. It's a grenade in their pocket, tell and me, it can go me, off. Tell me about those dangers, Carl. What, what do you see those dangers as? Well, look at the, the, the very obvious ones. The physiologically, posture, eye strain, their necks are constantly bent forward. Yeah. As adults, they're... Uh, and in fact, not even as adults, I've, I've seen children as young as nine going to uh, have their posture realigned because their necks are out of kilter, their heads are down constantly. Eye strain, (laughs) a very simple one. Uh, Psychologically, kids become dependent on them. It's their only means of uh, conversation with their friends. In fact, yesterday, in anticipation of this, I watched a couple of kids walk down the street. Three teenage young men, I'd say 16, 17. All three of them walked down the street with their heads down in their phones. They weren't talking to each other. They were on the phone, either scrolling, looking at things, or talking to other people. They're not even present. And that's where they get their feel-good from. That's where they get their dopamine from. So they become addicted to their phones. And, and, and addicted to, to honest, the scrolling uh, itself, I yep. believe. Isn't that, isn't that the way it works? And it, it is absolutely addicted <clears throat> yeah. to the, that action. And I have to say that I have been guilty of being too focused on my own phone. Yeah, me too. Yeah. To the point where I had to go, right, I'm turning off social media for a while and retraining myself to use it less and only use it when it's necessary. Um, The other things then that you get are the messages that that phone gives you about what's reality. Yeah. If you aren't a discerning person, if you don't have uh, the ability to think critically, which you don't have as a young person, especially a preteen, we'll talk about teenagers later on, Mm. but that gives you a completely skewed version of what reality is because Everything on the internet is beautiful and shiny and lovely, and everybody is living a wonderful life, usually one that's better than the person looking at it, because that's what it's supposed to be. It's an advertising and marketing tool for so many companies. And then that leads into the potential for misuse. So we have the potential for intimidation. Mm. We have the uh, potential for grooming. We have the potential for abusive behavior. I mean... Probably all of us know a story of some kid who harmed themselves due to bullying online. Yes, yes. And that's a kid using a phone to be bullied and another kid using a phone 
to bully. And the, the mm. ultimate and terrible outcome of those situations has been kids taking their own lives due so, to bullying. So it's a weapon as well, Carl, essentially, it's, isn't it's, it? Well, it's a tool, and it yeah. depends on how you use it. As one uh, psychologist said, don't give your kids a phone as a gift, because if you give them a phone as a gift, it becomes something they own, and therefore they have uh, a right to it. Give them the phone as a tool that you are allowing them to use, but that they don't have ownership of. And certainly don't give a seven-year-old a a mobile phone. I mean, why do we have to give children mobile phones at that age? Well, you see, we we hear that, you know, okay, you've told us about all the dangers. One one of the good things has to be that we have access to the the kids and they have access to us in the event of an emergency and if they need us and that. What, What do you say to that, Carol? Well, if our children are seven years old, at what point in their lives are they not in our presence? What point in their lives are they not uh, under our guidance, mm, yeah. under our watchful eye, if we as parents are present? But what we are doing is we're giving our kids phones to keep them occupied. And those phones are becoming surrogates for our attention. Basically, we take soothers off them and then we give them a tablet. And then we take the tablet off them and give them a phone. You're very so, tough, very tough on parents, Carl. Well, these are the years, especially in primary school, where parents should be most present in their children's lives because these are the years when you do your teaching. Hmm. This is, if you don't teach them, the internet's going to. And if you give a seven-year-old a phone, at some point, that phone has the potential to lead them into the dark alleys of the internet. And I had this uh, on a radio show about 15 years ago when I was talking to the late Jerry Ryan. Mm. And we were discussing a young man who was 12, but he was into computers, and he was going on particular sites to get uh, cracks and hacks so he could download software uh, illegally and use it. Now, the sites he was going to were sponsored by pornography. So that's a 12-year-old who's getting absolutely open access to the worst parts of the internet. And that's only one. And that was years ago, and of course it's even more prevalent now, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There's hardly a primary school kid out there who doesn't have a mobile phone. And my question is always going to be to those parents. At primary school age, what possible use do they have for it other than to save you having to interact with them. Yeah, even though I heard, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but I know it was on national radio, teachers having some concerns with outright banning of smartphones because they were saying there is an educational element to it when they don't have access to tablets and the like. Does that hold anything for you, Carl? Absolutely. Um, but then you need a curriculum that teaches the responsible use <laughs> okay, of the very phone. Okay, very good, yes. Yeah. Not a carte blanche use of the phone. And again, if the phone is a tool that is to be used, uh, we'll say, during school hours or is to be used for homework purposes, even by uh, primary school kids, then let it be used for those things. Have a family Apple ID, have a family Google uh, 
identity where parents can check the usage. They can check the sites that have been visited. They can check what it's being used for. A seven or eight or nine or 10 or 11-year-old going down to their room for hours with a tablet or a phone is unfettered access to the internet. Yes. But and the-, the internet is a very wonderful place and it's a very dangerous place. They're also so much smarter than we are where use of this technology is concerned. It's very hard to keep up, Carl. Oh, even for me, and I, I'm quite computer literate. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, I had to, with a, a, a parent, go into their router and turn off the youngster's access to the, the internet, the Wi-Fi in the house, and then the parent had to go and uh, to the phone supplier and have the internet blocked on the phone outside certain times. So they are very, yeah. very canny. They're much cleverer than we are when it comes to technology because they've grown up of with course, it. Of course, of course. And when it comes to first year, your average first year is 13 years old. Mm. At that point, using it has a bit more discretion, has a bit more... Um, knowledge and competence of the effects it can have but only if we teach them and that's why it should be curriculum based. And and that's now, why I wanted to finish by asking you about Minister Foley then and the department wading in where this is concerned and uh, you know rolling out resources to support parents and parents associations and stuff. Is that a good thing? Is that necessary? Well I think if you educate the parents that's a good start educating the parents as to how they can police and patrol the use of a smartphone in secondary school because there is very little that a primary school student actually requires for private use of a mobile phone. So in secondary school, by all means, I think that it's part of our lives. Technology is sewn into the very fabric of life. So you can't deny them because you then put them behind the curve in the use of technology. Yes, yes. So the idea of rolling out supports is great if the supports are educational and if the supports empower parents to spend more time with their children, be more aware of the potential use and misuse of phones. And the idea of parents spending more time actually with their children, engaging with them in a more, and God forgive me for saying it, Fran, because you know I'm on the the liberal left, (laughs) being more traditional in how they approach the use of technology, that it's a tool to be used, but when you really want information, surely parents and children should be having conversations should be spending time together. We should be imparting our knowledge, our wisdom, our experience. And if we don't, then maybe together we sit down in front of the computer and we find out the answers to the questions that need to be asked. Wouldn't that be ideal? Carl, we really appreciate your time as ever. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Carl. I told you, Carl, it was going to be around. (laughs) That's allowed. Bye-bye to you, Carl. Thank you so much indeed. And that is uh, Carl Clancy, of course, and uh, writes in the Nationalist every... Every week, under, every day.
uh, Mystic, wonderful piece, by the way, in the this week's Nationalist by Carl, and it's about self-acceptance and fully embracing our true nature, and it's uh, certainly worth a read for sure. News is uh, coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie uh, gardening at the end of this hour. Again, we urge you, if you have a gardening query, to log it with us, please. 83 um, uh, Listen around to say, never knew there was such a homeless situation of this magnitude in Tipperary. Fair play to Donna Davrin for uh, highlighting this problem. A man with no political agenda who is extremely eloquent in his contribution to your programme today, Fran. Um, and it goes on to say there needs to be urgent discussion around this problem, which should include the residents of John Street in Cashel. Now to mark the European Year of Skills Local Enterprise Office Tipperary and Tipperary County Council are hosting an event in partnership with uh, Tipperary Chamber, Midwest and Southeast uh, Skills, along with Tipperary ETB in the Anner Hotel Thurles on November 15th. Now, Mary Ryan is a frequent guest on the programme, is Senior Enterprise Development Officer for Leo for the Local Enterprise Office with uh, Tipperary County Council. And she joins her now. Mary, good morning to you. Morning, and good to talk How to you. you. Good to talk to you today, Mary. Will you tell me about this event, Mary, and the importance of it? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's as you said, it's, it's to mark the European Year of Skills, and in collaboration there with all the stakeholders, ourselves, regional skills, the south southeast regional skills, the midwest regional skills, UL, Chus, um, Tipperary Chamber, and um, Tipperary ETB. We're nearly at full employment, and really the, the focus of this event is to highlight to micro SMEs the importance of upskilling employees and retaining staff. And it's one way to do it is really to, to get those employees that are with them um, to maybe take up a course and use the, the, um, use the courses that are out there that are actually government funded. Um, Springboard Plus Fran have over 275 courses from certificate to degree level that are government funded and they're 100% funded up to level 6 and 90% funded up to degree level 9 and and also you know the courses that are there through the ETB um, and the apprenticeships of course mm. as well yes. there's 70 apprenticeships now that are available and and the key thing is really you know Everybody, you know, there's a small, small staff within companies and, you know, to try and explain to employers or to highlight to employers that really the key is to keep the talent that you have and build the capacity within because really to recruit at the moment is quite difficult. But, you know, availing of the courses that are there to upskill in an area that's needed in a company is invaluable and the amount of courses that are there that are paid fully by government is, you know, it, it, it's mm. probably a great time in Ireland to actually to be upskilling and looking of, at of maybe course, a different but, career. But it's very important for employers to be aware of these grants and courses, Mary, and maybe that's not always the case. Yeah, well, I suppose this is why we've come together, mm. you know, the, the different bodies, because the local enterprise office, we have a range of courses there online, um, that we would do on an ongoing basis 
I mean, you know, even if I look at the calendar, the 15th of, of November next week, safeguarding your business from cyber attackers. Um, the 16th of November, again, how SMEs can use chat GBT with their content strategy. So there's so much going on, mm. but we wanted to find, bring the stakeholders together just to, to highlight what is out there, what you, know, what you can avail of. And even on the apprenticeship brand, um, you have the retail apprenticeship and the sales apprenticeship. And for a lot of you know, retailers out there, they could put an existing staff member or a new staff member on one of those apprenticeships and get paid, the employer get paid 2000 each year for two years by the government. That, that funding is still there as well, while at the same time you are given the person you know, behind the counter um, a chance to, to get a qualification and possibly take that on to a degree level at another stage and build their credentials. Very good, and there's so many positives about that. Who will address the meeting on the day, Mary? We will have uh, Joe Ledding, the Midwest Skills Manager there in the region. He's going to open it up. And Edmund Connolly, who is the Southeast Regional Skills Manager, is going to MC. We're going to have a panel discussion with some companies from Tipperary that have used the, you know, the different training um, that's out there and used the support of the local enterprise office. Um, we have um, we have Dean Kearney from Revise there in Thurlis, um, mm. a great company, and they're going to be speaking. We have Michelle McHugh from Bulmers International talking about talent retention and development. Um, and Bridget Murphy, a uh, local woman there in Thurlis, Bridget Murphy Interiors, where she's used um, the support of B2B and the local enterprise office. So it's just really to kind of highlight to employers when they do come in or employees what is out there and you know how, how valuable it is when you make that kind of that move well, it's, and use those. Yeah, it's a great opportunity indeed. If people want to attend, I presume registration is necessary, Mary, is it? Well, it is for 8 o'clock, 8.30 start for breakfast. Mm. And that is, you need registration for that on eventbrite.ie uh, forward slash grow your local talent. Um, and that's just for the breakfast. But you can pop in, if that doesn't suit, you can pop in up to 12.30 and all the different stakeholders and training people will be there to talk to anyone that wants to come in. Um, and I think it's also important too to say, uh, Fran, that with the Springboard Plus courses that are government funded, you know, if you're unemployed, you can avail of those courses. Um, you know, as well mm. as being, it's not all. I'm not. It's, it's not all towards employees and and employers, but people that are unemployed that want to upskill can avail of those Springboard Plus courses. And there's 275 government-funded courses around the country. That's very good, and it's very important for people to be aware of all of this and have access to all of that as well. Uh, Mary, really good to talk to, to, to you today. We wish you well where that event is concerned. Thanks, Mary. Thanks very much, Thank Fran. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. 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 Mary Ryan, who is a Senior Enterprise Development Officer for the Local Enterprise Office with uh, Tipperary uh, County Council, 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 83 311 It's time for this. Tip FM's Match 3 game. Tip FM's Match 3 game. With Stakelum's Home and Hardware and expert electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurless. Stakelum's.ie. And let's go to the phone lines. Georgina is in Bursa King. Good morning to you, Georgina. Good morning, Fran. How are you today? How are you? I'm, I'm yeah, very, good. Thank you. Good, good. And all is well in Bursa King and all of that, is it? 
Friday. All is well in Bursa Cane, Georgina. Oh, I hope. All is good. All is good. The weather is fine. That's it, it, all is good here. All right, very good. You know the story: ninety squares, thirty hidden prizes. Match up three squares on the board, and you win a prize. It's as simple as that. You have to uh, pick a number. I will open that particular box, and if you can match that box, um, you will win the prize. So, are you all set to go? Yes, I am. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. So, uh, first number for me. Um, three, please. Okay, number three. Let's have a look at uh, number three and let's open that particular box. Number three is a Fitbit Charge 5 fitness tracker. It's valued at €155. Euros, so it's a nice prize. You'd like that prize, I guess, Georgina, would you? Oh, yes, yes, fabulous. Oh, all right, OK, so that it kicks us off. So do you want to pick another box for me then? Um, 27, please. 27. Let us have a look at 27 and open that box. Sadly, it's not a match, Georgina, because 27 is a Denby uh, 12-piece set of Delph, and it's valued at just under €100. Euro. And again, it would be a lovely prize, but sadly not not for you this That's time okay. round. Would you open a third box for me just to help out uh, future contestants, if you would? Um, 44. Okay, let's open 44 and let's see what's in number 44. is a deluxe paint the room set of paint. So again, it would be a lovely prize. It's valued at about 140 euro or so. So commiserations to you, Georgina. Uh, but you will try again, won't you? I will, of course. All right. Do you want to I say hello to somebody as you're on, Georgina? Um, just to say hello to everybody in Molly's Pub in Boris again. Very, very good. That's a free pint for you in Molly's Pub in Boris again. All right. Sure. All okay. right. Thanks, thanks, Georgina. Thank All you. Right. Bye, Thank bye, you bye, bye, Gina. Bye bye. That's Georgina Kavanagh there, who's in Bursa Kane with our match three. Of course, the next time uh, you can, you'll have an opportunity to play that is with our Stephen on the lunchtime show on the Time Tunnel and all of that, and then right throughout the day. Tip FM's match three game. Unwrap an early Christmas present from Stakelum's Home and Hardware and Stakelum's Expert Electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurles. Shop online at stakelum.ie. Match three, win the prize. Tip FM. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back to you with more tip today in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now it's 2023 Australian tour is Tommy Fleming's sixth tour down under to coincide with the release of his best of 30 years, all these years recordings. I'm delighted to say that Tommy joins me now from Sydney in Australia. Good morning to you, Tommy. Good, uh, good, good evening good from e- me, Fran. How are you? Of course, it's about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I think, out there, is it? It's uh, coming up to half past 10. Very good indeed. So, uh, tell me about this, Tommy. I mean, it's a, is this the most exp- extensive tour of Oz that you've done? You see, with uh, normally I would do um, Oz every 18 months, as you probably, as you would have known. Mm. And um, what we would have done Normally, it was like we would have done a few, and like we do Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne. We did all the capital cities, and I would do about three weeks, and then I'd come home. Mm. COVID hit. I lost 2020, I lost 2021, and I lost 2022. So I'm left with 
the pod, what they did was they compiled as many of the shows that were cancelled and they put them um, into one tour. So, like, I have got... Now I'm doing... It's been an absolute... It's been brilliant. Yes. But it's been killer. Um, I'm now in my sixth week and wow. I have another two weeks to go. I was very interested because I'm, I'm following your tour on social media, Tommy, and you actually got homesick at one period. I've been homesick, Fran, since I arrived out. Wow. Um, I have... You know, it's, it's, it's grand. Normally I bring the band out and it's all like that, but I... This time round, I've worked with Australian musicians. Mm. So I didn't... I came out on my own. Right. And, like, it's... It, it, no matter what people say, oh, it's brilliant to be over there and it's lovely and everything else. And it is. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm in a very fortunate position that I'm able to, to do a tour like this. And it's, but it's lonely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, you do miss home. Without a doubt, you miss home. Yeah, and it's so far away. <laughs> you know, it really is, isn't it? It is. And, you know, that never used to bother me before. Um, yeah. Somebody said it to me a long time ago and said, God, it's an awful distance to go to Sydney. Well, it's an awful long flight. To which my answer was always, <laughs> well, it's only 10 movies. <laughs> so that's that's how you adjudicate it. It's very good indeed. Um, what about the response out there, Tommy? Because I mean, you you've been huge out there for years. They love Tommy Fleming, don't they? Um, I look. I don't say it like that. In fairness, I um, they they've, they've been they've been an absolute brilliant audience for me over the years. And in fairness, Fran, I've built it over the years. It's yeah. like when I came out here for the very first time in nineteen ninety four. That's how long ago I did my first thing over here. Like I was playing in pubs and small clubs. Were you? Wow. Yeah, and you know, and it took many years of building and um, what's the word? It was spade work, as mm. my dad used to say yeah. years ago. Yeah. It took a lot of spade work to to get it to where it is. Right, and, and it's you know, it's, it's it's it's. I'm very proud of it. I'll be honest with you, but I have to. You know, I have to weigh it up and say, is it, you know, doing a tour this size? Um, I'm not 21 anymore, which I've certainly realised in the last few weeks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, it's it's not like it was many years ago. And, you know, markets are down. Um, you know, everyone's got this thing, the cost of living crisis. It's all over here as well. And, and you just kind of say to yourself, do you know what? I really want to be at home. <laughs> It's amazing no, what, what happens as, 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 the, as the years go on, isn't it? I presume, Tommy, that a lot of the back catalogue would be very important in those kind of markets. Would that be fair to say? It would be, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, when I released my first album here was in 1997. Now, t- things were very different then. Mm. You know, you had record companies and you had record shops to sell records. Mm. Um, and you know, yeah, you, you just, yeah, it's now very different. Like, they're still buying CDs, don't get me wrong, mm. but you have to rely on your concert and you have to rely on ticket sales and you have to rely on, on those things Yes, that are important. And do you do TV and radio out there as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing yeah. that for years. You yeah. know, you do Channel 10, Channel 7. It's all, unlike Ireland, they don't have, like, um, or England, for that matter, they don't have like a, a, a general chat show, like a Graham Norton show or a Late Late show. Okay. They don't have anything like that. It's all morning TV. Oh, wow. 
and that's it's, it's a very different way it's a very different um how would I put it? It's a, they have a very different way of life. Like, you know, five o'clock in the morning, them is actually not getting up late. That's like, that's, that's not, it's not getting up early. That's kind of, that's leaving it late enough to get up. Oh, crap. And, yeah. you know, you know yeah. yeah, going to bed at, going to bed at eight and nine o'clock at night. And, you know, which I've actually really got used to because I, I absolutely, like it's, you know, it's been, it's been a tiring tour, but it's been brilliant. I'm sure it has. Was there a highlight for you so far? I saw that in The Crown in, in Melbourne. That looked like a fantastic gig. Was there a highlight for you? It was a great gig, yeah. yeah. I've done The Crown many times. Yeah. Uh, the Crown scene, or it's the Pam that Crown, as it's called. Yes. Uh, and I've done that a lot of times. And, yeah, that was a big highlight for me. Um, do you know what has been a real highlight, actually, which was unusual? When I've, I've gone out to the regional towns for the very first time in years. Yeah. You know, like Geelong, Toowoomba. Ballarat, Bendigo, these towns that you've never heard of. And these are the towns that were ravaged by the fires in 2020. Yes. And 2019. Now, I was here in 2019 when the fires started. And to see the resilience and the people coming back from, and I know it's nearly four years, but like when you think back on 2020, it was, it was a nightmare when you see, you know, like, you know, Australia was basically on fire. Yeah. Yeah, Dread, dreadful tragedy indeed. And and tell me, who's coming to the gigs? I mean, is it the new Irish who's going out there in their in their thousands, or is is it people with Irish heritage, or or what? Is it a complete mix? It's a complete mix now. But in the beginning, you had it was all Aussie. Yeah, that had uh, some connection to Ireland, some connection to a um, an outlaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was sent over on a ship. Um, you had that connection, whereas now it's the young Irish that are coming. Because they've, like I came over here first in 94, and there was very few Irish here. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Um, when, when are you coming home, by the way? I'm home on, I, I'm counting down the days, Fran. <laughs> I'm home Sunday week. I'm Actually, I leave Sunday week the 19th, and I fly into Dublin on Monday the 20th um, at 7.30 and I cannot wait to get down the road west. <laughs> I re- I've 10 days off before I get into it and, you know, I've, we're starting the church tour and the the, re- the the smaller the smaller shows of 2023 and, you know, we're uh, we're coming to Clamell actually of we're course, coming to Bracket yeah. Hall yes and, and tell me about and that because the, I, I know it's Sunday the 3rd of December you're at St Mary's Church in, in Irish you've been there a couple of times I think Tommy haven't you I think we've been there a few times yeah. actually yeah so hmm. that that's on the 3rd of December and on the 8th then you're in Racket Hall up in Ross Grey for people in North Tipperary and this is our second show in Racket Hall actually this is a Christmas show in Racket Hall that we're doing and it's It'll be it'll be very special actually because I love that time of year and I'm I'm coming home and you know all that kind of there's a there's a nostalgia isn't there attached of course to coming home is, at yeah. Christmas and to 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 being with family and all of that so there's it's it's special it's very special to me of course it is and I mean Christmas 1915 has been so good to you over the years as well that will have to get an airing I guess Tommy well it, it, do you know what uh, <laughs> I still sing that. Throughout the year, do you? I don't regard it as a yeah. I don't regard it as a Christmas song. Yeah, it's an anti-war song, I suppose, isn't it? It's an anti-war song. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's set on Christmas Day, but it's 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 an anti-war song, and it's about 
you know, it's about the bloodiest and most senseless war in history, World War One, and there's a few of them coming up to take that title actually yeah. behind them. Yeah. Um, and it's a great song, and it's just it's got a great story. And of course, that resonates with all we're reading about and hearing about around the, the world as well. If people want to get tickets for St. Mary's or for Racket Hall, is, is there a single source they can go to there, do you think, Tommy? The best ticket source, my own my own ticket source would be TommyFleming.com. Yeah. All details for all shows are on TommyFleming.com and that'll bring you to whichever is easiest for you, be it hotel reception in Racket Hall or be it parish office in St. Mary's or going straight to our website, whichever is the Whichever is the easiest one. Very good indeed. Well, we're all looking forward to seeing you uh, back home. Tommy, I hope you'll come to visit us, as you always do, very soon here in TIP anyway. Oh, God, I'll be down in the new year, hopefully, or even before Christmas. All right. Well, we, we <laughs> always look forward to your visits. Tommy, safe home to you, and enjoy the rest of your trip out to Oz. And thanks for talking to us today. Not at all. Thanks for ringing me. And um, I'm heading to my lobby now, so it's, uh, it's, what, it's coming up to 11 o'clock, so I'll be... Uh, I'm up in the morning. I'm heading to Brisbane in the morning, so right. I have an early flight to Brisbane for well, the Queensland shows. Look, look after yourself and get some sleep, Tommy. Thanks, thanks very much indeed. That's a great Tommy Fleming live uh, from Sydney uh, this morning. Let's remind ourselves of that gorgeous voice. <laughs> in my day Sure I'd steal what woman's heart there was away And I'd sing into the dawning So I'd blaze into the morning Long before I was the man you see today I was born beneath the star that promised all I could live my life without Cassandra's call But the wheel of fortune took me From the highest point she shook me By the bottle, by the bottle I should fall And there in the mirror on the wall I see the dream from the contender to the brawl The ring, the rose, the matador Rain on the street He will count me out to ten and clear the field Wrap the starry plough around me Let the piper's air resound me There I rest until the Lord of love I meet There in the
That's the great Tommy Fleming and uh, Jimmy McCarthy's very fine song there, The uh, Contender. And uh, he's appearing at uh, St. Mary's Church in Irishtown in Clonmel on December 3rd. And uh, tickets available there, I know, from the parish office and shop, uh, as well as on uh, Tommy's own website. And indeed, um, December 8th, then, it's Racket Hall in Ross Gray. Great to uh, chat to Tommy. He's so honest. <laughs> about the situation, about how homesick he is uh, away. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of uh, I think it could be it could be an age thing indeed. 1800 We've been speaking about tinnitus since the top of the programme. We can't understand the huge response we've gotten to this this morning. And Bridget is with me now. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, friend. How are you doing? I'm very well. But more importantly, Bridget, how are you? You are a sufferer of tinnitus as well. I am indeed, Fran. I have been for many, many years now, especially in my left ear, as mm. far back as I can remember. I used to get ear infections a lot. Yes. And I used to get built up a wax when I was in my early to mid-twenties. And uh, I was using those drops to remove the wax a lot. And yeah. there's one called, um, oh God, Extrol. I mm. find the best. You know, it's got a bit of peroxide in it and mm. it helps to get the wax out. But I think that leads to what I, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I think as well what mightn't help is I usually sleep on my side and I usually sleep with my left ear, like to, at the pillow kind of. So okay. yeah. maybe that looks it a bit, I don't know, maybe that leads to the build up of the wax, which might lead to the tinnitus, I'm not too sure. And can you remember when you first got, I mean, did it come upon you suddenly, did it? Time did it, yeah. It got years went by, yeah. But that said, it's not, it's not, it's not unbearable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I can still hear, and you know what I mean. The ringing is always there, but I've gotten used to it now. And what is it, Bridget? In your case, is it ringing or is it a constant sound, or what? What is it? It's just more or less a constant ringing with me. Right, but it's not terribly high. Like it doesn't deafen me that I can't hear other sounds. But how I, how I noticed it more so was any time I went for jobs in the past where I had to do medicals. Yes. You know, when you do your hearing check, they put you into that box and they put these big headphone things on you. Yeah. And uh, they always, when they did, they did their studies with the graphs and all that, they always showed I had reduced hearing in the left ear compared to the right ear. And that's where your and tinnitus mostly is, the, the, the left ear, is it? Yeah. Right, yeah, that's right. So you, you think it's affecting your hearing as well, or is that separate, Bridget? Is that? Well, I can hear in the left ear, not as good, not as good as the right ear because of it. Yeah. But I can still hear. But I, it's just a matter of getting used to it and keeping yourself busy with other sounds, like all your other listeners earlier who tuned in. You know, they just said focus on other things, try and kind of distract yourself from it. And when is it worst for you? I mean, is it at night when everything's silent and you can hear it more, or when is it, Bridget? Well, not really at night, because I, I sleep okay. Yeah. But on the day, I suppose. But then again, if there's noise going on all, all around you, it drowns it out. 
I suppose, yeah. Like yourself, I was trying to think, you know, was there a particular day that it started happening to me? But I can't pinpoint. I mean, now, I would have abused my ears over over the years between headphones too loud and monitors with the yeah, bands too, too loud and speakers too loud and all of that kind of thing, you know? But, me too. I mean, I spent years working in London and, and in Dublin in my 20s and I'd no car then. I used to get trains everywhere and buses. Yeah. And I had the old-fashioned Walkman. All right. <laughs> With yeah. the headphones and I suppose listening to your music when you're travelling along, coming and going to and from work and anywhere, that doesn't help, I suppose, over time. Probably doesn't because you probably have it loud to block out the, the, the train <laughs> sounds and all that kind of thing. And then, when, then when I got the car, I had the radio, so I didn't have it as close to my ears, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Did you did you check with a doctor or a specialist over the years with it, Bridget? Or? I didn't really, no. Yeah. I just... I did go to the doctor when I used to get ear infections. Yeah. And uh, I, they used to give, doctors used to give me antibiotic drops to remove, to help remove the wax. And then I buy the OTC ones myself, the drop to yeah. extra on and the likes of them, Ceramol, all those kind of things to take the wax out because that does help. But then when the wax builds up, and, and I, as I said, I think... The way you sleep, and if you're if you have your ear buried into the pillow, that probably doesn't help either. Probably doesn't. But, but funnily enough, I think the common the common the common, denom- the common denominator this morning, Bridget, appears to be ear infections. People who have ear infections, you know. Yeah. So. Um, well, my mine probably stemmed from that. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I used to get them a fair bit from the built-up wax. Right, but by comparison with some of the stories you heard this morning. It's it's not as bad, I suppose, like my own case. It's not not as bad as exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think myself and yourself would be comparable there. Yeah, from. I think so. It's I mean, it annoys me at times, but it's 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 there, and it doesn't it doesn't stop me hearing anything properly. I think, but uh, exactly, you know. yeah, me too. Yeah, like I know my hearing in my left ear wouldn't be as good as my right, yeah. but as I say, if other sounds are going on around you. It drowns it out anyway. I suppose. I suppose. Is, is it amazing? Were you surprised with the huge amount of interest we got with this this morning, Bridget? Did you realise so many people would be suffering with this? Not really, Fran. I know it is a common problem. Yeah. An awful lot of people have it. Yeah. yeah it's, quite, it's more common than you think. Yeah, because we kind of threw it out there yesterday just as a kind of a by-the-way and we, we couldn't get over the response. Bridget, I wish you well and thanks very much for coming Thank on you. with us. Lovely, lovely to talk to you, Bridget. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You, you too. And thank, thank you, Bridget. We'll take a break and then we'll talk all about gardening. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Gardening, glad to be joined as usual by our horticulturalist, uh, Alton Nesbitt. Uh, good morning to you, Alton. Good morning, Fran. Good to talk to you today. Um, over the last few weeks, people have been asking about cuttings and pruning and the like as well. Can you do a sort of a summation for me on that, uh, Alton? Yeah, this this is a great time of year to really kind of tidy Ireland and, and uh, tidy tidy up your garden and prune back um, any of the shrubs that have gone out of 
out of hand or, or that are a little bit untidy looking. So, uh, and this is a good time also once you do all your all your pruning of your shrubs and things, but there's no sort of um, cuttings that you can get from that. And let's say, especially with a lot of your hedging. Um, I, I love taking cuttings at this time of the year um, so that then you'd have loads of more plants um, mm. planting your garden for, for the following year. So you can plan ahead um, by taking um, hardwood cuttings now. So uh, what I mean by hardwood cuttings as well is, is just really a pencil thickness, about nine inches long, a vegetative growth um, um, uh, from this either things like laurel, your grislinia, your escalonia, um, e- even um, uh, some kind of uh, the more shrubby type things, the eliagnus as well. So a lot of those types of shrubs are, are quite easy to take hardwood cuttings from, and they take quite easily. Um, I love, um, sure they often see it around the west coast of Ireland, and see this lovely hedge of fuchsia. And fuchsia grows very easily from cuttings as well. So, I mean, if you take hardwood cuttings from those now, um, and they'll grow quite easily. So what you can do is, is put those either directly into the ground or make up a, uh, a, a, a compost mix, a compost and a silica sand mix, 50-50 uh, mix, and put that into a, into a tray um, and, and put your cuttings then directly in, into that. And they'll root quite quickly for you. Um, again, you can transplant them out um, let's say next autumn um, to be well rooted, and and, uh, and therefore you'll have you'll, you'll double your your amount of plants that you have in your garden. And even if you wanted to, to extend the hedge, or even to add to to parts that are are faded uh, or that are didn't take, you mm. can put them in in between um, your 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 laurel or your grislinia or your espalonia hedging, or even even um, the illyria uh, is quite nice as well. Um, but Steve, this is a great time to tidy that all back because a lot of things have gone very straggly looking yes. and, and untidy, especially a lot of the things that have finished flowering now, like the, the clematis. Now, there's lovely, um, all the summer flowering clematis are almost like d- dead twigs now at the moment. Um, there's a lovely one called Jackmanii or the President, it's lovely deep blue flower, the flowers relating to the summer, which is quite nice. But again, they've all finished now. So uh, what, to encourage good growth on those, it's very important to, is to cut them back um, nearly about uh, uh, three foot from the ground and remove all that dead stalks that rise around the trellis or the pergola or even even the, the, the arches that you have. So t- remove them, pull them, them off the off the hedges and, and cut it back to about uh, three to four foot from the ground. And that will re-sprout really well in the springtime and you'll have lovely fresh flowers uh, right through the whole summer by, by doing that. Instead of having all the flowers next doors, the flowers will be facing you and you'll have a, have a, have a, uh, a massive colour that way as well. A lot of the roses, again, especially the rambling or scrambling roses, they're getting very untidy. They're, they're, they're quite mm. an aggressive thing, really. Um, um, and it's very important to, to, to wind them back um, to, to the trellis of the pergola so that it, it, it keeps them nice and compact and as well as that uh, you can walk through an archway without getting caught up in it you know they, they're quite aggressive plants really with the thorns on them so again with that you're reading the pyracantha there's a lovely red or orange or, or, or yellow bird pyracantha that you have and that's a great climber as well prune them all, all back now to keep them nice and compact yes. and more neater um, to, to, to the um, uh, walls or, or your, your and, and also, well. should we be looking at weed control at this point as well? Yeah, really, um, because um, this is a great time is to mulch the beds as, as much as possible. Um, and this helps to keep down weeds in your borders, especially where you have herbaceous perennials. Because I mean, we'll be doing a lot of tidying back of the, the herbs as well, pruning them back, or even the lots of the herbaceous perennials as well, is cut, cut them back down to ground level. Now, a lot of things like the delphiniums, 
um, even the hostas and and um, what is the verbenas and stuff like that. You can cut them nearly back to ground level, and they'll re-sprout quite well then in springtime. But by mulching around those, it it, it gives them um, it keeps the weeds down, but it also shows off the plants an awful lot better, yeah. especially when you have lots of spring bulbs planted underneath that as well. It will just show off the lovely spring bulbs. Uh, a lot cleaner looking and um, it'd be just easier to maintain as well. And then you know where everything is as well by, by mulching because um, it keeps the, the weeds down as well as holding the water uh, during the dry spells in the summertime as well. So it's very important to mulch at this time of the way. As well as that, it, just in, it, it, it uh, helps the soil to enrich itself as well by mulching. And I always use farmer manure or even um, for sure the, the bark mulch, a lovely fine bark mulch is the, is the best thing really, because that kind of takes in position and puts a nice finish on the bed. Or even thing called cocoa shell is quite good as well. Yes, and if we've been storing up our grass, for example, can we can we use that as mulch for the? I would always mulch with um, the grass clippings because I mean it's, uh, I often hear people that, that t- tend to mow the grass and, and they leave it to mulch on the lawn, mm. itself, which is which is a bad idea really because you get an awful lot of weeds and uh, coming yeah, up, course, or yeah. then an awful lot of moss in it as well. So collect all the grass clippings as much as possible and mulch uh, along your, the base of your hedging or in amongst your your trees as well because um, it's a fantastic um, uh, fertilizer really uh, to put because um, it makes the soil structure an awful lot better. And then the worms and everything else uh, work an awful lot better, better um, because of that um, uh, composting uh, method. Even a lot of the leaf mold that you'll find now in your garden, collect as much of that as possible because that um, puts a much better soil structure uh, in your soil by um, adding that kind of um, uh, 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 material. Um, lots of questions in since early morning for you, Ulton. Uh, where do we even start here? Uh, let's begin with uh, why do some pyracanthus have berries and others having none? Yeah, with pyracantha is that they flower, um, let's say, midsummer. So you should always do your pruning now with it just to, to, to tidy them up so that then um, by the springtime there's enough vegetative growth on it that will produce an awful lot of flowers for you. Um, because if you if you prune them, um, let's say, in the springtime, um, they don't have enough um, growth on them uh, to, to produce loads of flowers for, for during the summertime. So you need that growth uh, during the winter months just to, to, to um, produce plenty of flowers and therefore you'll have plenty, plenty of um, uh, berries on it. Now, there's different varieties of pyracanthus. You can get the, there's an um, uh, orange glow or there's uh, the, the fire red as well, which is particularly nice, um, or, or red column. Uh, and they're quite good um, ones to have uh, trained up against in, against the wall. And what I tend to do is, is have them in blocks of colour. So you'll have five five of the, the red, five of the orange, five, five of the, the yellow, um, so that it just shows off an awful lot better. Having it individually um, done down along the wall, it doesn't, it doesn't work quite well. So if you do them in blocks of colour, it shows off an awful lot better. Again, feeding, feeding um, any of your, your, your climbers as well is good to do at this time of the year. That just encourages them to flower really, really well. And when with the pyracanthus, they're quite a vigorous thing anyway, really. Um, but uh, if you can help them by giving them a high potash feed, the sulfate of potash, just as the base of the plants at this time of the year, just encourages to produce more flowers and therefore more fruit for you, uh, the berries um, uh, during the autumn time. You were talking to us there about mulching. A listener wants to know how much mulch he or she should put on top of plants to protect them for the winter. Do you use mulch for protection? You, you do, um, and, and especially with a lot of the herbaceous perennials, um, because uh, some 
some of them are a little bit more sensitive to frost than others. Like um, what was the last couple of years, a lot of plants were were burnt with the the frost, sure. um, which is quite severe on them. But by mulching um, over your plants, uh, it protects them from from any severe frost. And I always about uh, three to four inches of mulch um, over over the bed um, protects the the herbaceous perennials, so the roots or the corms. Um, from any any frost damage, especially things that are a little bit sensitive, like like the hostas would be quite sensitive, or even um, uh, I think called the the verbecchias or the verbenas. If you mulch around those, that will protect them from any any severe frost um, or or any frost damage on it. And even if you have uh, dahlias, the, the dahlia tubers, it's a good idea to mulch on top of them quite heavily, um, and that protects the tubers from from any frost over the winter months. Listener uh, asks um, what to do with outdoor chrysanthemums that have finished blooming. Are they frost tolerant? They are. And, and I, what I love about chrysanthemums, they're fantastic because you can leave them in a pot or in the beds, in, in the borders, and, and they'll come up again next year. Now, the thing about them is that you, you, you buy them in full bloom in, in the garden centres now, um, and they're, they're magnificent looking. And we have, we have ones that have three or four colours on, on the one plant, which is particularly nice. But once they fade to flowering, the, the, really the best thing to do is cut them back down to ground level, and that will, will, will um, make them re-sprout again uh, from the very, very base, base of the plant. And uh, therefore, it will have the whole summer to grow, and then in the autumn time, you'll have that massive colours, massive um, um, uh, flowers from them. They actually produce so many flowers. It's just a, just a bowl of flower, really. It's just, really are magnificent. But again, um, during the winter months, if you have them out in the beds, just have mulch around them um, with the farmyard manure or even even um, the bark mulch, and that will protect the base of them from any, any frost damage as well. So they're re- relatively hardy anyway and quite easy to grow. As long as they're planted in full sun and well-drained soil, they do quite well. Somebody wants to know, where can I get drumstick primroses? What are drumst- uh, drumstick uh, primroses, Alton? Oh, yeah. They're, um, you can get the, there's the, the lollipop sticks, <laughs> as I call them. The, the, the lollipop primroses. Uh, we, we, we'll have those in, in Nina, in our Arabon stores. Um, we have um, the drumstick um, primulas, or you can get the candelabra ones, which are quite nice as well. Mm. These are kind of a layered effect. Uh, primula, which are particularly good. Um, they're quite an easy plant to grow. Again, you plant those. They love uh, kind of woodland areas. They're, the primulas, they grow quite well. Um, but um, we get the, the ordinary primrose that you find growing wild in the garden or, or out in the fields, or even the, the cowslips. They're, they're quite nice as well. But also the, the, the drumstick ones are, are particularly good. Yeah, we'll have them in our, our, in our Nina store. Very good. Could maples be put in glass houses over the winter months? Maples, um, well, really, maples are quite hardy. The, the only thing, um, there's, there's no need to be transferring them into a sheltered area in, in the glass of or, 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 or orangery or anything like that. But they're, they're relatively hardy that way with, with frost and that. The only thing that, that affects maples is if they're exposed to a, a, a burning wind or even a full sun. They prefer a kind of a dapple-shaded sheltered area. Uh, they do quite well. Um, they're quite frost tolerant really I suppose uh, and the best thing with them is, is, is if you have them in a container you can move them to an area where it's kind of dapple shaded 
um, and, and, and sheltered from the wind is the main thing with them. Because the new leaves that come out in the maples, they get burnt very quickly if they're out in full sun by the, by the sunlight or even if they're, if they're in the wind because the, the leaves are quite delicate uh, and if the wind blows, it burns them a little bit. So the best, most best planted um, in the sheltered area um, uh, but in dappled shade as well. My hollybush berries are turning brown and not red, wondering what's going on. Um, well, with, with, with hollies, um, really the, the, the berries, um, first of all, they're, they're, they're a bright green colour uh, when they start to form. And then uh, probably brown and then, then they go to red. So they will develop to, to a lovely blush red um, colour on them. With, with hollies, they do get an, a thing called dieback on them. And this is kind of like a rot that affect, uh, affects the, the trees. Um, so it's just a matter of cutting off all of that dieback as much as possible um, and using arborist paint on, on it just to seal it. Now, hollies are quite easy to grow, but they're very slow growing. Um, and there's a few different varieties that um, grow quite well to have plenty of berries on it. So that if you have the male and the female, so if you have mm. the silver queen, which is the male, and you have the golden king, which is the female, and I know the, the, the names are different than what it is. So with the, with the, the golden king, we'll have all the berries um, on it. And that has a lovely variegated leaf on it as well, which is particularly nice, used uh, usually around Christmas time in floral arrangements and stuff like that. But the silver is quite nice as well. So if you have the silver, silver queen and the golden king together, you'll have loads of berries that way. There's also a variety called J.C. Van Tal, which is a self-pollinating variety, um, which is quite nice as well. Not as thorny um, as, as the others. Yeah, listen says, uh, cut my grass this week, should I now leave it be? Um, no, because really it's still mild. Um, it, with, with the weather, like really in, right up to December, um, we'll get kind of mild weather and there's still growth. So really just raise the lawnmower pie to its highest point, really, and just doing a tip mow on the lawn, just keeping the lawn in check, just keeping it nice and tidy. The worst thing to do is cut it too tight at this time of the year, because you'll always find that you get an awful lot of compaction and as well as an awful lot of moss will start creeping in. So allow the grass to be grass. And so allow the lawnmower pyre, uh, allowing the grass to thicken up in those kind of patchy areas and, uh, and uh, it will look an awful lot better during the winter months. People just tend to cut their lawns too tight at this time of the year. And that's why you have problems with weeds and, and moss coming in. So always raise the lawnmower pyre, keeping the lawn in check. Um, is during the winter months. All right. Alton, happy gardening and a pleasure as always. Thank you. Good morning to you. That's Alton Nesbitt there, who is our horticulturalist. And uh, thanks to everybody who uh, sent us in so many questions since earlier on this morning. If we didn't get to your question, apologies to you and we'll stack them all up and we'll try and bring them to Alton next time round. Um, Frankly, please say a big hello to Buddy Connor. Uh, to my buddy, I beg your pardon, Connor Lyons, who coming home from a 10-hour security shift, and we love him so much, and this comes in from Mark and Paul, he's boys in Rossgrave. So there's a, a rather nice message there. That's about it for me. Emma produced, Danny looks after her content. Stephen is on the way with the lunchtime show and uh, the time tunnel, and he'll also give you another opportunity, of course, to play our match three in association with the good friends of Stakedom's Home and Hardware and Stakedom's Expert Electrical. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Look after yourselves in the meantime, won't you? Bye-bye. 
Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 